Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. It's good to be back live tonight. We have a very special topic that we want to, not even a special topic, but this is just an overall special occasion. A lot of things are happening. Uh, this is a very interesting time of uh, of the year, very interesting time in history, and so we want to take advantage of it by just you know using tonight to give you guys some knowledge, uh, some information that uh, might not be readily available um, to or accessible, I should say, to 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 most. Uh, we have a special guest here this evening, a uh, good friend of mine, Minister Osho High, will be joining us on tonight's show to offer um, his expertise on um, many different areas of the Bible, um, a lot of insight on some things that are going on in the in- entertainment industry in regards to Hollywood. Um, specifically, want to uh, really dissect this evening uh, the the new movie. Um, it's being regarded as a very controversial movie, um, a box office success, uh, but a biblical failure, and that's the movie of Noah. And so we're going to talk about that tonight in in a very real way. Uh, we're going to really dissect it. We're going to talk about you know what the word says about Noah. We're going to talk about what how the movie portrays Noah, and you know, and, and as and, but more importantly, the reason for Hollywood's portrayal, you know, in the way that it did. A lot of people will look at this film and say, well, you know, it was done by an atheist, and you know, he let it be known that that was his, you know, stance and his take, you know, prior to even putting the film out. But you know, we as believers, and hopefully after tonight's show, you guys will realize that's a lot deeper than that. It's much, much more involved than that. So we just want to really talk about, uh, you know, what's, you know, some other things that are going on, and really show a a trend um, historically as far as how Hollywood has used many uh, movies, television shows, um, you know, so many different things to uh, really just push an agenda that that does not coincide with. Uh, that of, uh, you know, believers of the word. So uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and um, first introduce my co-host. Courtney is always here with us. Uh, Courtney, what's going on with you? excited about what we have going on tonight? Yes, of course. I'm very excited. All right, cool. Guys, understand, this is one of those shows that is not just, you know, what spur of the moment. Many of you guys may remember last year, uh, Osho and I did part one. You know, we've been calling this part two, and, um, because that's what it is. It's a continuation of our initial discussion on the supernatural, uh, on what's commonly known as aliens or UFOs, uh, giants, uh, you know, those types of things, you know, vampires, just the extraterrestrial that, you know, what we really got into is what, what, it, what they really are, uh, which is fallen angels, you know, what what the Bible, you know, how the Bible refers to them, um, you know, and, you know, hopefully shed some light on um, some things that Hollywood would want you to think and even the government wants you to think is something totally unrelated than, you know, than what the Bible says it is. So that's what we're going to do tonight. You guys are welcome to call in with any questions or, um, or you know, or comments throughout tonight's show. Um, if, if you have them, 646 Uh We really just want to shed some light on the issues that, um, you know, really, honestly, I've never heard discussed. Um, many of you, I'm sure, have never heard discussed. So we just want to really, um, you know, uh, shed some light. Um, Osho, Osho is here with me tonight. He's a very informative guy, uh, knows many things, very biblically sound. Uh, a minister, Minister Osho High, is here with me today. Osho, what's going on with you, man? 
Hey, how you doing? How Good, you doing? man. Good. Excellent. Doing Excellent. Well. Good to have you. Good to have you back here. Um, you were obviously a part of the first show that we did, um, where we, you know we got right. on some things. But for those who may have missed that show, we actually rebroadcasted it last night, guys. That was last night's show, so it is available in the archives if you want to check out, you know, part one of what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, you know, all archive shows are available at DaytonTolbertShow.com. But OSHA was a part of that, a major part, just a classic show right there. You know, an unprecedented amount of information was given. Uh, but OSHA, if you wanted to just uh, reintroduce yourself to everyone who may be unfamiliar with you, go ahead and do that for me. Sure, sure. Um my name is uh, Minister Osho High. Um, been in, in the ministry uh, for several years now. I'm an assistant pastor at um, um, Redeemed Christian Church of God, Friends of God Fellowship in Ambler. And um, God has just really been, um, especially during these times, as Dayton said, these are um, last days, so to speak. I'm not saying it's the last day, but they certainly are the last days. Um, and what God is um, saying to his people during this time or revealing, even as the Bible talks about that, there would be men, you know, that would be given wisdom, you know, in the last days. So this, this is the time when it's happening. Excellent, excellent. Before we even go any further, Osho has a really great resource, you know, and I'm just going to say that, put it out there like that. He has a website that I want everyone to just utilize. And it's not just, this isn't about, oh, let's promote him. This is about it's it's let it be a resource for you guys to have the knowledge and the information of a lot of the things that you see going on. A lot of these things that we're going to be talking about tonight are, are right there, explained in great detail right there on the site. Osha, why don't you go ahead and put the website out just so people have it um, as they listen to the show. Sure. The website is actually www.endtimewarrior777.com. Again, that's www.endtimewarrior777.com. Intimewarrior777.com. Excellent. Let's jump right into it because we have so much to talk about. Osha and I, man, we've been talking about <laughs> planning this show. And it's funny, I'll tell you, you know, me and him talk about this pretty much every day. Uh, but, you know, I'll let you guys in on it. I mean, we were, this is a show you guys know just from hearing, the, you know, the show every night. We've been talking about doing part two, part two, part two, part two, you know, for, for months now. But, you know, even Osha was asking, like, yo, when you want to do it, when you want to do it. And, you know, it just for me, it was never the right time, and you know I wanted it to be to be right, and I feel like now is the time that that God you know revealed to us and put it on our hearts to just come together and do this show to put out this information specifically obviously there's a huge event happening tomorrow, which we'll talk about as far as the blood moons um you know obviously this we're coming on the uh, after the release of this movie, you know Noah, which is in my opinion probably one of if not the most I'll just go ahead and put out there and say blasphemous movies that I've ever seen and and am aware uh, that's ever been made as far as, uh, you know, Hollywood is concerned, as far as making a mockery of the church and taking a, a you know, a biblical story, a sacred story, and, and you know, and just twisting it and manipulating it to fit a certain agenda. And so we really want, I want to utilize this time, you know, to, to do this show. And, you know, it's not about my time. It's not about Ocho's time. It's about... God's time, and you know that's how we we like to do things. But I believe that tonight will be a um, you know a blessed show. Um, Osho, let's start off like this, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously we did the part one. I want to just you know it, for those of you, those who may have missed it, from your perspective, where we talked about the you know aliens and you know what's commonly known as aliens and 
um, you know, you know, unidentified flying objects and different things like that. What was the main point that you wanted people to take away from that from that show? Um, <clears throat> sure. Uh, one of the, the things, the main things I wanted people to take away from that show um, was that the quote-unquote aliens that, you know, people have these encounters of um, these beings that claim to be aliens were not are not actually aliens, uh, but are in fact fallen angels. And they are angels that rebelled against God and were kicked out of heaven um, and therefore, you know, had no more place in heaven. But they keep coming and, you know, deceiving people. Um, doing abductions, uh, which have to do with a whole sinister scheme, which we may just, you know, lightly tap on the edge of uh, at some point this evening. But it, it really goes back to Genesis 6 again um, in, in the book of, of Genesis 6 where it talks about the sons of God uh, saw, you know, came down and, and uh, you know, basically went and they had sex with the daughters of men. Now, this is in the Bible in Genesis chapter 6, and it's a, a, a very uh, scripture that's very much looked over and passed over and you know people don't know what to make of it but that was one of the things that we said so um it's the same it's a sim a similar scheme that's going on now most abduction cases in them there's um uh you know there is um sexual contact that a lot of people don't know that but in abduction cases with uh quote-unquote aliens again they're fallen angels not aliens um and what people perceive to be as ufos People are abducted. They are, um, you know, sexually manipulated. Um, it's one of the things I wanted people to clearly understand, um, and that this thing is not of God. It's not some higher race of beings that are more evolved, but it's a, a deceit and a deception that is done by fallen angels, specifically with the purpose to, um, you know, undermine God's will for mankind and also to destroy mankind ultimately, um, so that man will not be able to men and people will not be able to make it into heaven. People in general. Right, and here's and this is. I just want to lay everything out so people really understand what's happening. You guys have, to, and we, you guys have. Hopefully, you've heard our special on Satanism in the entertainment industry, blasphemy in the entertainment industry. Uh, all, you know, some of our Grammy specials, uh, MTV movie uh, specials, where we've really dissected the 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 you know the evil agenda by the people who are controlling the entertainment industry. And when you, and just uh, just a brief. You know, uh, outline or introduction of where we want to go tonight. You have to understand that you know the the foundation of Satanism, which is something that's been in existence you know for you know centuries, is to make a mockery of the things that God finds holy, God finds sacred, things that are pure, pure things that are good. You know, and and you know make a mockery of those things, and then to worship things that God finds to be despicable, evil, and abomination, things like money, you know, homosexuality, you know, just kind of living how you want to live, being free, do as thou wilt, all that stuff. Those are like the foundations of Satanism. So what we have here is, you know, when it comes to Genesis, what, what Osho was referring to as far as, you know, the sons of, uh, you know, the fallen angels, you know, and like you said, having that sexual contact with, with humans, you have to look at Hollywood and the entertainment industry, which is where we want to go tonight, and understand that they are passionate about taking what is in the word of God, what actually happened as far as the foreign angels, and, and making a mockery of it, making a love story of it. When I think of those types of things, what kind? even when you think of those types of things, what's in the word, <clears throat> 
excuse me, contact, sexual contact with fallen angels and humans, what comes to mind? Well, for me, I think of someone like Superman, you know, Clark Kent, uh, Lois Lane. What is, I mean, really, super, and we're, I know, Osho, we're, we're, you know, I'm just, this is the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? We just <laughs> want to go wherever it takes us tonight. But I want you to, you know what I'm saying, when you guys think about that, understand, you know, Clark Kent, above all things, he's a superhero, yeah, he's this and that, but at the end of the day, he's an alien from another planet. He's not from here. He has a, a sexual contact, a romantic interaction with a human who obviously is lowest lane. This is something that is deeply rooted in the word, and it's not a coincidence. Like, oh, okay, yeah, the fallen angels had sex with, you know, the sons of men in the word, and so we're just going to have someone from another planet have sex with someone. That's that's deliberate. That's to make a mockery of God's word. Also, what are your thoughts on just that? And we can have, I know you have tons of well, other examples <laughs> just like that. Right. I mean, um, just in general, and if you want me to elaborate beyond that, I will, but um, you're very right. Not only is it deeply rooted in, in you know, um, making a mockery overall of the word of God but and, and deception, uh, but we have been deeply, this has been deeply ingrained in our culture, uh, especially for those of us that are, you know, of a certain age that remember Superman and all these different cartoons, Transformers, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, this has been, we've basically been trained uh, you know, you go to school, you learn, you have a teacher. Um, there have been a lot of things that have been passed and put in the TV and cartoons as we were younger that we've been brought up to believe or ideas have been placed in our minds, um, like aliens from another planet. There must be aliens. Almost every show, cartoon, you know, has something to do with an alien somewhere, a lot of them, especially the superhero ones, you know. Um, and so it, it's something um, that we've been taught. And even as you mentioned, Dana, the um, – whole romantic relationship, well, not only that, the superheroes appear to be more desirable because they have a certain power and are built a certain way with a physique, you know, and a certain uh, mysteriousness to them. And so here you get back into the whole situation, honestly, of Genesis 6, and it talks about these were the days of old, the men of renown, which was not a positive saying, but it was talking about a group of uh, beings that were basically superhuman in terms of strength and in terms of different things that um, that they could do and abilities, which we see in superheroes. And we've been ingrained to accept this. And not only accept it, we've been ingrained, which we'll probably touch on later, to want to be like that and want to do those things. Wow. Like I said, that's if you want me to go further, I will. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for right now, we definitely want to elaborate yeah. a little bit more, but that's I think that is sufficient just to, to so cause I want people to understand what the agenda is. I've watched, you know, I have to be so careful and you guys have to be careful too. Like he said, it's being ingrained at such a young age. I watched some of these little cartoon cartoons like uh I mean, you know, all these shows. I mean, I can't even not think of one that doesn't have one, one you know, like one of these aliens um um DJ Lance and, you know, Caillou and you know, bubble guppies. I mean, these guys are all aliens. You know what I'm saying? They're all mutations, teenage mutant ninja turtles, things that are not mm-hmm. of here, Superman, Spider-Man, some type of genetic, you know, freak. You know, that, and, and like he said, we are being trained, you know, it's in being embedded to think, in us to think that those, there's something desirable about those creatures. We are to desire them same way, you know, the fallen angels were desirable to the sons of men who, you know, who obviously interacted with them on a sexual level, resulting in, and this is what we, me and Osha were talking about earlier today, resulting in they had children. 
They made it. People, the fallen angels had. This is right in there in Genesis. You got to read the Bible. They had sex. They became. They they had children. They had offspring that went out into the world. A lot of people don't. You know, they don't die. You don't understand. They don't just go away. It doesn't just end. You know, these these things. They are out there. You understand that? You guys got to read. They don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, and just uh, um, and this is not to, um, you know, just to break down the 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 fallen uh, the angels that came down and they came down the top of Mer- Mount Hermon, and they slept with the daughters of men. They produced the Bible says giants, and there were giants on the earth in those days in Genesis chapter six, and it says and after thereafter. And, of course, some people we pinpointed, um, you know, David and Goliath, and we hear that story, and we think, oh, it's a cute story, but it was a true story. Goliath was a giant in size. Uh, he was a Nephilim is what they were referred to, the children of the fallen angels. And we have to understand that fallen angels are actually a little different, and not to get too deep, than, than demons. Although do, demons do exist, we're probably more familiar with the term demons because fallen angels has been so safely guarded that we people haven't talked about that part of it so much because of this deception uh, that they want to bring about in any case at this time. Uh, but the, the demons came from the giants as the giants were slain. They actually, their spirits, because they were not of this world, they were not human, and they were not angelic, but they were a combination of something that should never have been. That is why when God created everything um, in the beginning, he says, and he made the cattle according to its kind and the birds according to their kind. And that's one of the reasons he said he made everything according to its kind, because certain things should never have been crossed or mated or brought together, including the angelic beings and human beings. So the giants, when they died, uh, the spirit of the giants, and, and this is in the book of Enoch, which we'll touch on a little later, uh, which I'll, I'll encourage everybody to actually read um, as well, uh, the spirits of the giants were the demons, it says, that plagued man for, you know, until that time when Jesus would return. And they're the same spirits, because uh, we have to rebuke unclean spirits, if, you know, for those of us that, you know, look at the word, what did Jesus do? So they're the same spirits that plague us today are from the giants. But the fallen angels are the ones kind of running everything and manipulating everything. Right. Now, here's the thing. Now, let's, this is a great segue as we get into Noah. That's the foundation of where we want to go tonight, what the Word says, what the Hollywood agenda is, what who runs Hollywood, what they believe. You know, there's a reason, and you guys, hopefully you guys have noticed, certainly by now, you know, all of the, the, you know, the hidden, you know, hand gestures and colors and, you know, ideologies that clearly are a, a contrast, a direct and clear contrast to God. You know, and and are of a satanic and demonic nature, and these actors, these producers, these you know entertainers, they they make it very clear that they represent that agenda. That's where you see the you know the six 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 sign, the OK symbol. That's I just posted a picture of Samuel L. Jackson. He has a new commercial. Hopefully, you guys see that. You know, it's blatant. That that lets you guys know, like, okay, hey, I'm down, I'm down for the cause. This is what I represent. I support that. Um, now, at, let's talk about Noah, okay? So at, now you see where we're going with it. Now you can understand. Noah is actually, well, the movie. Let's talk about what the problem with the movie is. We gave you a glimpse of what the Bible says about, you know, uh, you know what's going on in Genesis. But let's talk about, uh, you know, how the film portrays the, not even Noah. Let's not even talk about Noah yet. Let's talk about the fallen angels. Hope you guys got a chance to see the film. If you guys didn't see the film, you know, the fallen angels, as we know, as also just informed us, were kicked out of heaven. 
They were removed from heaven by God, you know. And so, but here in the film, I'll let you say, Osha, what, how, how, from your interpretation, how was the movie depicting these fallen angels in, in the movie Noah? Well, um, the thing about the fallen angels and the angels that we run into in Genesis 6, I'll put it that way, the reason why they're called fallen, and I'll clarify in this essence, these particular set of angels actually were not initially kicked out but left heaven of their own accord. What happens is when they left um, and you know, went after their own desire and wanted to be with the daughters of, uh, of men, um, that is when the rebellion began. Um, and because they left, they were no longer allowed back in heaven, and because of what they did, they had sinned, obviously, um, by sleeping with um, the daughters of, uh, of, of men. And Jude actually talks about this. It talks about this, if you all wonder, where are you getting this from? It's in the book of Jude. It actually refers to this. Jude also in the book of Jude, uh, I believe it's in Jude, it refers to the book of Enoch. So if anybody's questioning, you know, where the book of Enoch comes from, it was used actually as scripture, um, you know, as scripture by early, uh, early Christians. Um, but because of the controversy of what it talks about in the, in the fallen angels and how, what they did, it's, you know, uh, you know, not really uh, read or looked at as much today, but I would encourage everyone to read that book. Um, now, in regards to the, the movie Noah, the angels are betrayed as coming down, you know, um, you know, from, you know, from heaven. Now, here's a, the interesting twist, and like you said, now what is it, uh, Hollywood really trying to pr portray? What are they trying to say? Okay, the angels come down. It says in there that they come down to help mankind. Now, Again, when we look at Genesis 6-1, how does his line up against the word, we see that the angels clearly came down to do something that was uh, not of God and to sin. Um, and so in the movie, it says they came down to help mankind. It said they wanted to help mankind because mankind had sinned against God and God's you know, wrath was against mankind or something like that. And what happens is then the twist that they put on it in the movie is that uh, when they came down to help mankind, God got angry with the angels. Again, this is in the movie. Noah, this is the movie, because they were coming to help mankind, so he punished them for wanting to help man, which is a lie, <laughs> because, again, they weren't coming to help us. They were coming to um, uh, create, make man to sin more against God. Um, so, you know, they do that, and it says in the movie that he encrusted them with, uh, you know, some sort of casing so that they were trapped on earth. So, again, when you look at the motive of Hollywood, whose story is being told? Is this God's side of the story, which is the truth, or is this another side of the story, <clears throat> which is an untruth? And so, you know, they're there on the earth, uh, they're helping mankind, and all the time with Noah, they're trying to help him out, you know, and they, they really want the best for him. And what really is interesting at the end, um, and I mentioned this to Dayton, is that um, at the end, you know, not to give away the whole thing, but at the end of the movie, uh, they're helping Noah, you know, to build this ark, which that didn't happen, but they're helping him to build this ark, and all of a sudden they, uh, you know, as they're doing this, somehow God forgives them. Now, this is very important to understand and watch because uh, even if you look, know anything about fallen angels and about demon or any, any uh, angel that follows Satan or did anything, there's no redemption for fallen angels, none whatsoever, period. They cannot be let back into heaven. But in the movie, they say that our creator is, is, creator is bringing us home. And so they try to uh, you know, ascend, and they actually ascend back into heaven. When that happens nowhere in the Bible, and that is not true either, and so you have a different story being told and one that is actually an agenda, again, that's being set 
by who? It's being set by Hollywood, but who's controlling Hollywood and who's really behind the scenes running things? Um, so the fallen angels, when they came down, they never left Earth. This is something that we don't understand as people. We don't really look at. They never left. So who's really running the show? And there you have your part of your answer or your answer. Right. And, and here's the thing also that they that they do a really good job of in the film is making it seem like these fallen angels are like super powerful and you know all all just super strength. Uh, and you know, and just you know, wisdom, and that is a specific attempt by you know the enemy to to do really what Hollywood has been doing. You know, give them like Superman and you know, super strong, the, the these these the Nephilim. You know, what I'm saying these giants, Jack and the Beanstalk. I mean, all these these people um, who are not of God or are, you know some other power. You know, have are, are superior in some way. You know, to us as humans, and that's not the case. It's not biblical, and but that's you know that's the agenda, and it want, and they want us to. It's almost like the film wanted to minimize and diminish Noah's role, and and make the the fallen angels the hero. Is that what you took from it, Osho? Yeah, basically, Dinan, that's exactly it. Um, the angels see. This is what we have to understand in the context of Hollywood and what's actually going on. The story is being told, and we're going to talk more about this, I'm sure, to some extent later, from the fallen angels' perspective and standpoint, um, and which is a lie because they lie anyway. But the point of the whole point and of that situation was to draw to make them the heroes of man, the champions for mankind. And uh, really, that's what, it's, you know, what the depiction was. And they, they were made the champions of mankind and of the movie, in reality, uh, next to Noah. You know? But it's like Noah could have never done what he did unless the fallen angels, you know, quote-unquote, helped him. Um, and, you know, you know, and so that's what the, the depiction was, and that's where they was going with that. And there are some people that actually in Hollywood and other places that believe in part, that you know, some of that as well, to some extent or degree. Osho, let me let's go, let's take this in a different direction, and guys. We're we're talking about Noah right now, the, the the controversial movie. Something else in the film was that I found to be interesting was that it, Noah. It's not ever really. He's never really sure. He never had direct contact with God. It was always he believed. That the creator, and obviously he was not referred to as God, but the creator wanted him to do something. You know, uh, he he believed that this is what God, his will was, where obviously, also as you know, and hopefully most of you guys know, that's not the case. There was in the Bible, in the Word, there was direct contact with God. There were, you know, this is what God told Noah to do, which was build this ark. Um, There was also... Well, what appeared to be magic in the film, which obviously is is nowhere in the word. You saw the flower also just kind of pop up out of nowhere. What were, what was your take on that whole the contact aspect of it with God or lack thereof? Well, I, you know, one of the major things that on, like you said, um, that's a very good point. In this movie, you know, which was about Noah, who when we read, if we look at Genesis six, and I'll read that in a moment, clearly hears from God. Um, there's no, like you said, there's no direct contact. You see Noah constantly saying, like you said, he believed the creator, um, that, you know, he was trying to show him something. Um, you know, however, he never hears from God directly in the movie. He never hears, you know, the voice of God. 
I mean, God does speak, but he never hears from in the movie. So, you know, that leaves the question, okay, you know, you could easily question, well, well, was he really hearing from God or who was he hearing from? And that perspective or the way that it was presented is very, very contrary to the Bible. Um, you know, and, and even the con- even the way God, um, you know, spoke or interacted with his people in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, almost all of God's prophets heard God's voice, Moses, uh, Elijah, uh, you know, um, you know, Elisha. There's so many that heard God's voice directly, um, and so that's this. Like I said, is very contrary to even the way that God, um, you know, um, communicates, uh, even with His people, especially the people He's called His prophets and apostles, or those He's called to speak on His behalf. So when we look at Genesis chapter six, verse thirteen, because we're dealing with the story of Noah, and the story of Noah is in Genesis, Genesis rather, chapter six. Um, Genesis chapter six, verse thirteen says. And note very clearly, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And so he says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Now, I'm going to pause right there because we just read three verses in which God was doing all the talking to Noah. Verse 16, you shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing a flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Um, and so that's what he, you know, he says there. And in verse 18, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. So we clearly see here in Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 through 18, God clearly speaking to Noah. And it's God's voice. God is not, you know, he, he's not even speaking. He didn't even send anyone else to tell Noah. It was a direct um, you know, direct contact, direct, directly, excuse me, God speaking to Noah, uh, and Noah heard God's voice. In the movie, Noah is not sure about a vision, quote-unquote a vision that he has, which, you know, that, that's, that, that it could be um, debated. But anyway, he goes to speak to Methuselah, who's supposed to be his grandfather. He goes to speak to Methuselah, and, you know, he talks to Methuselah, and Methuselah is not sure either what God is saying, and that's when we get into this whole, you know, hallucination type of thing or presenting him with a, a, a flower that makes him hallucinate, which is a whole other story, unless you want me to elaborate on that as well. Um, hey, not, please do, because people need to know. Well, Methuselah, for his part, again, we said Noah, um, you know, acted or seemed in the movie, Noah did not understand exactly what God was saying. So in the movie, Noah goes to Methuselah, his grandfather, to gain greater understanding. Methuselah didn't understand, you know, uh, what God was saying. So he put, slipped something in Noah's drink in the movie that makes Noah pass out, almost like a, uh, like, it's almost like, like a date night drug. You know, that's what it looked like, that scene, unfortunately. Again, this is supposed to be, about the movie or about the book, excuse me, rather um, in Genesis about the story of Noah, but that's more what it looked like. He passes out, 
and he has, I wouldn't call it's not a vision because that's something different. It's an hallucination. So what we begin to see is like blurry images, like somebody's tripped out on LSD. That's what you actually begin, you get to see what supposedly in the movie Noah is seeing. And it's more like he's tripping out on drugs than actually, you know, he's having some uh, experience or being in the presence of God. And the reason why it's important to understand this is, in ancient times and still now, this is very important to understand in regards to what was being displayed or put in that movie. People would take drugs, different incense and drugs, especially worshipers of Satan, and those that were considered to be like priests or priestess of Satan, or different deities that are Satan. They're all the same entity for the most part. And they would take these drugs and they would go in these hallucinations so that they could get what they call in touch with the spirit realm. So when we saw uh, that, for those of you that saw that in the movie Noah, that's what you were seeing. They were trying to give you another alternate way, which is really a false way, to get in contact with God, which is really how you get in contact with Satan. And so Methuselah gave him this, this drug, which, by the way, we have the word, even today we have the word drugs or we deal with the pharmaceutical, which comes from the word pharmakia, which has to do with um, drugs and witchcraft. Not a lot of people know that. Pharmaceutical pharmakia is where that comes from, and it has to deal with witchcraft. So using incense or drugs to invoke the presence of God is witchcraft. And what happens is a person that is doing that will invoke the presence of a demon instead or Satan himself. And, uh, you know, like I said, in satanic worship, that's done a lot. Um, and it's, it's done a whole lot. Uh, you know, when they want to get in connection and say that they're giving some kind of utterance from this spirit, again, which is, of course, is not the spirit of God, you know. And uh, so you see this, and what happens is when people do that, they become oppressed by demons. So, again, this movie, which was, you know, um, you know, about the story of Noah, used a direct opposite of how God communicated with Noah or even how you communicate with God to be displayed in the movie. Again, you know, to, and all it did was draw people away from the truth and away from God. So Methuselah's character in the movie was more like a shaman or, or, you know, or a warlock. That's more like what he was like, the things that he did, like a mystic, which mysticism has nothing to do with God. Because the God deals with the power of the Holy Spirit and miracles, not mysticism. Right. Let, Osho, let me do this because this is, and guys, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the movie Noah right now and just, you know, Hollywood's agenda and, and how, you know, it falls right into the, an overall satanic agenda, which is very prevalent in the entertainment industry, which is to make a mockery. That's all, you know when we talk we talk a lot about Beyonce and Jay Z and you know Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj and so many different you know entertainment uh, you know entertainers you know that's what they do through, through music through television and now we see a great example of a movie who is doing nothing but making a mockery and it's like Osho just said showing the exact opposite of what's actually in the word. You, you see what I'm saying? You can. God is our friend. God is right there for us. We can communicate with Him, you know, directly. All it takes is prayer. But here, Noah, like you said, he has to visit, you know, a, a shaman. You know, take some hallucinogens, you know, in order to think what God might be telling him. That's that's ludicrous and it's a mockery. 
You understand that? It's one of the things that I found to be very uh, ironic, and it is that you know when when Passion of the Christ came out, uh, many of you may remember. I mean, you, protests, people in outrage, you know, uh, about the, the you know the portrayal of you know Mel Gibson's portrayal of 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 Jesus and just the whole story, the whole event. But it was very accurate. According to the Bible You understand that This is a movie That is making a mockery of the Bible And to be honest with you I haven't really heard any outrage I haven't heard any protests About yeah. this Have you also? No <laughs> I really haven't heard anybody <laughs> say anything <laughs> uh, I heard people say they liked it <laughs> that's, that's you know And I was like okay <laughs> What do you think about it biblically? Oh, I was okay I'm like okay <laughs> Right, you know, right. have the accuracy li- of it. So, right, you could literally pull out your Bible and and follow Passion of the Christ like almost word for word. You know what I mean? Like just follow it straight through. That's how accurate it was. But you look at something like this, which is a total fabrication. You know, and people are Christians. You know, are saying, "Oh yeah, it, this is a cool movie. Let's all go yeah. out and see it." Mm-hmm. And and just in saying that, um, I just to share this as well, Dana. And even at the end of that movie, uh, as we watched it for the research, I asked a couple of people at the end of the movie. I said, you know, what did you what did you think of this movie? Um, you know, one person's response. I did get one couple. They were like, well, that was a you know a waste of time, and you know I shouldn't have seen it. But surprisingly, at least two other people, maybe three, at least two, said that you know, oh, you know, I thought it was great. And I asked him, man, well, what do you think about the biblical accuracy? He said, what do you mean? He said, I thought I believe in that stuff. And I said, I was thinking to myself, okay, no, I understand you believe in, you know, no other story. Yes, that's true. But what about this presentation of it? You know, that's what I was talking about. And it's like the person had no idea, you know, said they were a you know, Christian, um, you know, but had no idea about the biblical accuracy of the movie. And they just said, oh, it's a great movie. You know, well, it's, it's Hollywood. I'm like, no, what it's really doing is taking people, some people that never read the Bible, influencing them to believe, okay, that this is what God is about or this is what Noah was about, you know, and this is ridiculous or maybe this is true. Um, Asked another Christian person, what do you think? I found out later they were Christian. They said, oh, I thought it was great. I asked them, what do you think about the biblical accuracy about it? And they said, well, you know, some things were off. They weren't really true here. And I said, yeah, you know, that a lot of this stuff was, you know, most of it. I said it was not Biblically, you know, biblically correct, not even with the same spirit of, of telling the story. I understand about, you know, uh, what is that, you know, the license, they say artistic license, but this was nowhere in that realm. It was way off. And so the person ultimately said to me at the end of everything, even after we discussed the you know, accuracy of it, and they agreed, they said, but I liked it. I thought it was great. Right. And, you okay, know, I just me, was kind of like scratching my head like, okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> let me, I want to I just share something else with y'all, too, just from a little bit of a different perspective. Osho and I like, like to get deep with it. You guys listen to this show on a regular basis. No matter what we're talking about, you know me, I like to go beneath the surface. I don't like to just talk about what it seems like. I want to talk about what it really is, and that's what we're doing tonight. We're really getting deep into it. But just on a more surfacey level, you have to look at it. I mean, even if you didn't want to break it down as deeply as we are from a biblical perspective, the, a, a major part of the problem here is that the reality is as we move further and further and further away from, you know, Bible studies, you know, these churches, these preachers, you know, even the restrictions that are being placed on churches nowadays, you can't really talk about a lot of this stuff, 
you know, without jeopardizing your 501c3 status. You know, and, and so the reality is, and I'm sure you guys can, you know about this as far as your people you deal with on a regular basis, most people have no idea what the Bible really says about Noah. Okay, that's the reality. I mean, it's like, okay, everyone knows Noah. Okay, yeah, there was a guy named Noah. Yeah, there was a flood. Yeah, he built an ark. Everyone knows that. But really, people don't actually know what we're talking about tonight. So what happens is some people who have, you know, kids, you know, I know people my age who really don't even know. So surely people of this generation are going to be even less familiar, especially if they didn't grow up in the church or have parents who, who really cared. You know what I mean? We're getting further and further away from how things were back in the day where we, were, where we had to go to church, where we had to go to Sunday school. That's not even happening nowadays. So the reality is most people nowadays have no idea what the truth is. You know, yeah, many of you guys know that's why you're listening to tonight's show because you care. But the reality is most people are caught up with love and hip-hop and basketball wise. They have no idea or don't even care to know what's going on. So when they say, oh, yeah, this is a blockbuster, let's go check it out, the reality is most people are actually taking it like, oh, okay, now I know about Noah. This is what happened. And And these people, these producers, the powers that be, they understand that. They know that most people don't know. They know that they can pull the wool over their eyes. You know what I'm saying? They, there's nothing to contradict it. They made sure that there was no outrage. They made sure that it seemed like it was the truth, like it was an accurate portrayal. You know, we all know that it's a mock. You see what I'm saying? Do you see how dangerous this really is, Oshul? Yeah, I mean, and, and even in that sense, like, you know, that I'm just in, in, in that point, what you talked about, it's uh, interesting to me, just to jump back real quick in regards to the, the fallen angel part, how the director, producer, however, could look up. Now, mind you, this is in not even, this is like I said in the book Enoch, he looked up the names, and he was accurate on some of the names of the actual fallen angels, Semyaza, and there was another one as well that it talks about in the book of Enoch. So he was accurate there. Now, how do you... And this is my question. Look up, do your research, right, for whatever, and get the names of the fallen angels accurate, and then completely, you know, write the story backwards, you know, the opposite of what of what actually happened. Unless, you know, obviously it's a, um, you know, deliberate, you know, you have to be deliberate about something like that, you know. Because you have a bit of truth, and you take a bit of truth, and then you mix it with a lie. But then again, that's what the Satan did in the very beginning of the Garden of Eden. He gave Eve a bit of truth. You know, oh, this will make you know, you know, know, you know, like, uh, you know, good from evil or whatever, you know, or be like God. I don't want to, I'm paraphrasing here. But he gave her a bit of something, you know, and but mixed it with a lie. No, surely you won't die, although God told Adam and Eve, you know, told Adam that they would die. And Eve surely knew as well. So, you know, but that's what the enemy does. And so that's what you see here, even with a little bit, a little bit, tiny little bit of truth mixed with a whole lot of, uh, of lie. So, right. Let me do this. Let's let's keep it moving a little bit because I want to talk a little bit more about how they actually portrayed Noah. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality is they portrayed Noah really almost like some type of – he was very confused. You know, like we said, he did not know – he never had that direct contact with God, so he was really just – you know, kind of making things up as he, you know, went along based on what he thought that he saw in these dreams or these visions or hallucinations or whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh, but the way that the film portrayed him was almost like a, some type of sociopath. You know, I mean, he, he was, um, I mean, you also, you know, I mean, he was very mm-hmm. uncaring uh, towards his family. Mm-hmm. 
you know, very distant, very aloof, very selfish. You know, everything was very one-sided, and that's not how Noah was, you know, portrayed in the in the word. Um, there was a scene where he was he had an opportunity, you know, a, a very clear opportunity to save a little girl who was going to be trampled, you know, by a mob, and he, you know, blatantly, you know, let that girl die. And I think that what you got to realize is that is. It was at a, at a you know, because they, they could have left that out. There, it wasn't even necessary. It was put in there specifically to show Noah really as being evil. Is that what you took from it? Um, I would say, you know, uh, that's very accurate, Dadon, in that, you know, the, the, the directors depicted Noah um, very, very, you know, mean. Like you said, he just he just was not a nice, he was not portrayed as an, even a nice person. Um, pessimistic. Um, and driven, he seemed very driven, but not necessarily by God, but by impulse. Uh, like you said, you know, homicidal. Um, and he probably, if someone were to just watch the movie and look at it, they say, he's crazy. That's what your initial response would be like, he's crazy. So this is a, this is a, a, a um, you know, a, a person, Noah, uh, you know, from the Bible. And, uh, you know, this is a, a story, a movie made about the Bible, which the Bible is true. And so this is a story about, you know, based on a truth that, that turns into a lie. Because the first thing you think is this person's crazy when it never even depicts him that way in the Bible. Um, you know, Noah, he would always say, you know, like you said, what he thought God wanted him to do, but there was never any clear indication, obviously, in the movie from God, um, as there was clear indication, which we um, clarified earlier in the Bible in Genesis uh, chapter 6, uh, you know, beginning at verse 13. Um, and also, he, he did not, you know, want to, uh, which was interesting, another whole part of that, he didn't want to find a wife for his son. His son, you know, they were going to get on this boat. Uh, obviously, the flood was coming. And, you know, in, this, in the movie, his son, you know, didn't have a wife, which is inaccurate as well, because it says for Noah and, you know, you, you will be saved, you, your wife, your sons, and their wives. But in the course of the movie, um, the, one of his sons didn't have a wife. Um, it's like, but it's like he didn't even care, you know, about his son's feelings. And like, you know, Dana, as you point out, he let a little girl die, which interestingly enough, and this is, you know, the little the tension that they put in the movie, his son was upset because he didn't have any wife and all the other people, you know, were not going to be on the boat. And then this one girl that Noah could have saved easily, fairly easily, he could have picked her up and saved her life if nothing else, not even if he saved her for his son. He just lets die, lets these people trample over which was no reason to put that in the movie whatsoever, other than the reason being, which is what they wanted to drive to the point, to try to make Noah to be a bad, to look bad, to look like this is what a man of God looks like, crazy, well, just, insensitive, and you know, and not uh, and not loving. But not to cut you off because that's I just mm. thought of something in this moment, and I think it's important to point out for those who may not have seen the film, everything Osher just said is quite crazy, insensitive, unloving, uncaring. You know, mainly and very selfish. I want to stress that only wanting to do what he wanted to do. His sons wanted a wife. You know, and, and in the, like he said in the Bible, they had wives. But the girl that was trampled, that was killed, that he could have saved, would have most likely been who his son would have chosen for a wife. You understand that he had an opportunity to have to save the girl, and and then they probably the reason he let her die. And, and this is what was my, you know, you tell me if you feel differently, but it was so that she would not come on the ark and be with his son, and they would, you know, mate, you know, and, and have have children. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's like they almost made him do it. It's like it was, um, you know, intentional. It's like it was intentional. It's not even just that he like he let the girl die because he couldn't save her or he just didn't want to save her. It was almost like he did it intentionally. Based this movie, mind you, because this is not the true story, but in the movie it's like he did it intentionally just to almost almost spite his son, you know, when his son had done nothing wrong to him. Um, you know, interesting, like, in, you know, at that point as well, um, it, this, it, it, the Noah is very, in this movie, the, the character of Noah is very unemotional and un- uncaring. But this is one thing you have to understand. What is, why did they do that? First of all, to make you think that, okay, men of God, this is what a man of God is like. Oh, I don't want to be, you know, do that. I don't want to be like that. But not only that, think about the fact that, as you said earlier, Dedan, God was, is, uh, he's never referred to as God in this movie, ever. He's just referred to as the creator. What does that mean? There's also, I believe, what people call, you know, God just the creator. It's a very unemotional, unattached response to God, to a very loving God, who in the Bible says, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, right, but have everlasting life. But if you make God to look unemotional and uncaring, that's why God, uh, the creator, excuse me, based in, on the movie, never spoke to Noah, because Noah was a re- direct reflection of what the director and producer wanted you to think about God, that he's unemotional, uncaring, unattached, unconcerned. And these are all the things that you see uh, from the creator character in the movie and also from Noah. There's no room in this particular depiction of Noah and his relationship with the creator. There's no room for Jesus in the depiction of this impersonal God. There's no room for a savior that loves you. Jesus is Emmanuel. In the Bible, which means God with us, there was no, there was never. Did you see God or in relationship Noah walking with God, or God walking with Noah? However, in the Bible, in Genesis six nine, of course, it says this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, so he was not crazy, he was not psychotic, he was not homicidal. It says he was perfect in his generations, which we can elaborate on another time. But it says Noah walked with God. Nowhere in this movie they specifically take that point out and that even essence or part of it, that he had no real connection, true connection to the creator, none. And it was an impersonal God, and you can't have a, um, be saved or have a relationship with an impersonal God. And that's part of the point of the, of the movie. Right. Here's the thing. I want to tell you something else real quick. I posted a picture of it from the theater from my cell phone. I took a picture, and this was crazy. You guys got to realize once it became known that, you know, his daughter in the film, uh, who, which is a whole other story, but the woman, you know, the girl who's being portrayed, like, you know, as his daughter was, um, you know, w- you know, was pregnant, you know, with twins, and, you know, Noah decided that God would not be pleased with that, so he decided that he needed to kill them. And so now you have this showdown between him and his son, where his son is guarding, his wife is, uh, you know, the, his son's wife was in, you know, labor, giving birth, and his son is out there with the sword guarding the delivery room so that Noah can. Noah is right there waiting outside with a knife, you know, and it's like a showdown, a standoff. You know, Noah's trying to get in to kill these babies, and the son is, you know, protecting, you know, his wife and, and the babies. And so, which, which means, I mean, it's just a total fabrication. It was very evil. You know, you saw the hatred in his eyes, the look of, 
um, just mm-hmm. obsession in his eyes that he wanted to kill these these ch- these children, you know. And and so, but as he was about to do that, you know, what I mean, he even said that you know his wife even said, if you do this, you know, you, you will lose your sons, you'll lose your daughter, you'll lose me. You know, I won't forgive you. No one will forgive you. God won't forgive you, and all these things. Um, you know, at that moment, as he was, you know, when he was in the fight, you know, with the other guy, he was. If you guys noticed the blood, you know, covering his left eye. Hopefully, you guys know from all the information we've shared with you, and even in your own research, you know what that's symbolic of in regards to satanic and demonic symbolism. You know, the covering of the left eye. You guys, have, I mean, seen countless people, you know, covering their, you know, their eye up. Um, you know, putting things underneath the eye, you know, whether it's getting a tattoo or, you know, a, a Band-Aid or something, just, you know, covering it up. These are That's satanic imagery, demonic Im- imagery, uh, because as you guys know, you know, that's, you know, they worship the eye of Horus. So when you see, you know, all these logos and everything with like the, you know, the one eye, the all-seeing eye, that's, that's you know, demonic symbolism, satanic symbolism. And, the, you know, it's very clear and, and very deliberate. And when you're watching the flu, that's that's why I took a picture of it. Look on my Facebook page, and I'll, maybe I'll repost it. It was obvious. I mean, he had like you know his left eye covered in blood as he's about to kill, um, you know, his grandchildren. Now Osho just revealed to you what the word says as far as how Noah walked with God. But here's the thing: when you know the basis of Satanism is that they don't feel like you don't worship God. They feel like you are gods, and the way that you worship the enemy, the evil one is to portray yourselves as God. That's why people like Beyonce, you know, she calls herself I am, you know, will I am. And, you know, we've, we talk about that. Everything is I am, which obviously means, you know, God. Um, you know, Jehovah, you know, he's portraying himself as a God. You know, these are things that, you know, and they're trying to, you know, put forth. And so they're trying to really show Noah as God, but as an evil God. Hence the covering of the eye, hence the evil Nature of him mm-hmm. about to kill his his grandchildren. Any, anything and you want to that, add to that, Osho, before we move on? Yeah, yeah, and hence that, you know, um, thank you, Dedan, and hence that God is evil. You know, the true God who Noah, you know, must have been serving, okay, he was an evil God. It's a direct way to take a shot at, at God's image and also to take a shot at those that would follow that type of God. Um, also, just like you mentioned, Dadon, you know, you said that, um, you know, Satanism, they, they believe they are gods. Well, what it was was that even when the serpent said to the woman that he said, she said, yeah, excuse me, the serpent said rather that, you know, you shall become like God. That was a whole temptation. This is how this is biblically related and tied in to begin with. It was a lie, um, you know. You know, so there were several parts in the movie where, you know, there were just shots taken completely at God. Even when it says in the movie, it said, in the beginning, there was nothing. That is a shot at God. That's how the movie started off. And, you know, that's a direct shot at the image of God. And you have to understand systematically how that happens. So you had that there. You had Noah with the unemotional, you know, unattached relationship with God and also evil towards his family. You know, another shot at God, you know, that was taken right there. The only person that seemed to recognize in the movie, and this is very interesting, that they were made, because the Bible says we're made in the image of God because God created us in his image to be like him. But that is, you know, as we act like God, you know, we can't do that without Christ. But, you know, even, that, even as it says in Genesis 1:26 26 to 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The only person that seemed to know in the movie, or at least the state that they were made in the image of God, was, was Lamech, was the, bad, the evil person, the bad guy. 
That's the only one. Now, mind you, what does that say again? I'm the bad guy, and I say I'm made in the image of this God. And, you know, that's what he, he's the only one that actually said that. So there again, you have a shot at God's image because who are you uh, relating or, you know, drawing a correlation to uh, between God's image and, um, you know, and making, something to, making us to identify with someone? It's the bad guy. Lemmick. And then the other person is Noah, who seems crazy in this movie, who we also relating to the image or being in some kind of relationship with this guy. Right. Everything. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, I hope you guys really caught that. Like you said, it was a shot. It was deliberate. It was to really say, I mean, there's so many, there were so many opportunities that they could have taken to, to, to show that we were, you know, made in God's image and to really show Noah in that light. Because if anything, the Bible does say Noah walks with God and is being led by God. So they could have shown that through him, but instead they chose to use the villain, you know, to, to say that, that, you know, that iconic line, that classic line of, you know, we are all made in, you know, in God's image. You know, if that's what God is, you're evil, you're a murderer, you're, you're crazy, right. you're a psycho, you're trying to kill everybody, you're trying to just... Cause all types of problems. You're the villain, so I don't mean, think you guys get it by now. Now this is interesting. Um, so that, I mean, so hopefully you guys get an idea just of Noah, how he was portrayed, how these fallen angels. Because this is just the beginning. You know, the, we're using we're, this show isn't about Noah, believe it or not. I know that's how, you know what we how we market it, but that's just the basics. That's just the foundation of where we want to go this evening because it's so much deeper and so much bigger than just this movie. No, this is just one one of as you'll find out in a little bit one of many movies and, and you know and, and dramatizations that is specifically designed and and, and produced to further this uh, this really unfortunate satanic agenda. You know, of uh, of making a mockery of of uh, of the enemy. I know Courtney here. Is, uh, you know, I apologize, Courtney. We're just, you know, how me and Osho get when we get together. I mean, any what are you what are your thoughts on uh, you know, the show so far as far as everything that's being revealed? I am enjoying it. Um, you know, I, and I agree with everything that's been said because you know when I watched the movie because I went to see it myself. I just thought it was amazing, um, just how they were portraying Noah as, you know, the bad guy, and um, you guys brought a really good point just of how he was um, portrayed in the Bible, you know, as being a great man. And, and because of that, you know, that is why God protected him, as well as his family, because he was special. But in the movie, you see something totally different. And so I enjoy, you know, listening to that as well as just other things that I didn't even know about, um, about, you know, how they use um you know, mysticism and, you know, things like that, having him go into a daze and all that stuff and making you think that, it's, you know, he's being, um, you know, influenced by the Holy Spirit and it's something totally different. And so I had no idea. So it was good to learn that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Guys, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're just here tonight just to try to inform and, you know, shed light and break down barriers and, you know, just really expose. The Word says that we are to have no parts of darkness, uh, but instead to expose it, you know, and that's what we do here night in and night out is, is expose sin and expose evil, you know, and uh, and expose the, the, you know, the evil plots of, uh, you know, of the people who are who are really running this, this country as well as the entertainment industry as a whole. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Osho, because we can go a couple of different ways now, but so we've been talking about the fallen angels. You know, obviously they were ex- exiled from, from uh, you know, from heaven, you know, 
from the presence of God because of their evil nature. Well, this is obviously, you know, Noah, but what other Hollywood productions? You know, in fact, before we even go there, does, and I want to ask this question, just put it out there. You saw how the fallen angels were portrayed as these big kind of shape-shifting monsters. Does that remind you guys of anything? These fallen angels, these big kind of monsters who were able to perform all types of tasks and do a little bit of go through this transformation. Does that ring a bell? Also, does that sound familiar to you? What does that remind you of, these fallen angels who transform? Well, you you certainly gave people a lot of clues if they didn't didn't have some before. But um, in actuality, the the one part, um, interestingly enough, about this movie that um, very little but had some validity was just in the fact that uh, how these angels seemed to, even though they were in a rock form, could change into something else, which was a rock. Um, what we have to the something to understand in regards to fallen angels. Um, they're not limited to, like we are, to time and space, not in the same way. They're not limited. They're heavenly beings that were created in the heavenlies. We are earthly beings. As Paul talks about, there's a glory of the flesh and you know, the glory of, uh, of a different type of flesh and, you know, in the Bible. He talks about how different things are made. So angels, um, actually, when you, when you look at even you know, transformers, and we talk about um, again, we talk about Hollywood or how we've been indoctrinated, really, and taught. Um, Transformers really is um, based upon the premises of, again, an alien, which aliens are fallen angels. If we just think, in our minds, aliens, when I see aliens, think fallen angels. It'll teach you a whole lot that um, Transformers is based upon uh, fallen angels and, and their civilization to some extent and in a lot of lights. Um, just in the fact that um, angels can take the different shape of almost anything that they want to. Now, they may seem amazing, but even when you look at the way the angels react in the Bible, notice how sometimes they're there, then the next minute they can be gone, right? And one of the angels, I think, was either speaking with, I don't want to mess it up, maybe Gideon or, uh, no, excuse me, it was uh, with uh, uh, Samson's uh, mother, Manoah, uh, Manoah's and uh, his father that was and, and, the, and the, the wife and the angel jumps up in the flame and they see him disappear um, so when we look at certain things we see angels react or respond in ways that are unhuman you know that are that reach beyond human bounds so Transformers very much covers that concept as well and uh, Dana just let me know how far you want me to go in with that and and <laughs> Yeah, so because uh, I want to go a little bit deeper, but yeah, I mean that's a great, you know, okay. introduction, a great synopsis, and people, it's important from now on. It's important that you understand. You know, people say, well, you know, aliens, they think of something weird, they think of something from outer space, but that's not what it is because there are, you know, I'm using this term loosely, but aliens, but they are fallen angels. You know, the Bible is truth. Truth is real. You know, they are out here. You know, they are, they're, you know, they are offspring of, you know, the fallen angels mating with, with mankind, and it produces something that is not of our kind. What else could, I mean, what does that sound like? What does that seem like? You know, you look at movies like Twilight, you know, where they, where they romanticize these relationships with a human as well as this other being. 
whether it's a vampire. What's that movie? Uh, that zombie movie where the the woman fell in love with the with the with the dead. Uh, Courtney, I know you know what. What was the name of that? You know what I'm talking about? No, you said woman fell in love with the dead. What? I didn't like a, a zo- yeah, like a zombie or something. Yeah, it was. You, you know what I'm talking about, Osho? Yeah, I heard, I heard of the movie, and I'm trying to remember if it was like dropped it. I, f- I forget exactly what it was, but it, I remember I saw the preview. I was looking at another movie, something totally different, and it was in the movie theater. Um, and so I, I forget the name of it, but it did have to do, it had to do with a zombie that was dead, you know. And I think we talked about that. We probably mentioned a name even on the last show, the show we did before, and uh, he was, you know, falling in love with this girl, and she was alive. So just like you said, Denai, you have in Twilight human beings. Here's an important thing to understand and to note, like you said, human beings that are of one kind of flesh, according to our own kind, coming into contact sexually with beings that would be of some other kind, which would be of the devil, <laughs> you know, uh, the seed of Satan, which would be werewolves, vampires, or zombies. All of that is satanic. And so, but yet, and still, we have this romanticizing, like you said, Dadon, of uh, these two beings coming together. Right. Let me read you. I just Googled it. Warm Bodies. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that what was it was. Mm-hmm. On the, the title, the, the flyer, the poster says, He's still dead, but he's getting warmer. And it says, this little synonymous on the, uh, Wikipedia says, Warm Bodies is a 2013 American paranormal romantic zombie comedy based on Isaac Marion's novel of the same name. The film focuses on the development of the relationship between Julie, and a, uh, a, who is a young woman, and uh, R, a zombie, and how their eventual romance develops throughout. The film is noted for displaying human characteristics in zombie characters and for being told from a zombie's perspective. How interesting. Do you guys see, see what we're talking about here? It's like so, they are so passionate. Hollywood is so passionate about, you know, linking and, and you know, these humans with these outs. I mean, whatever happened to good old-fashioned love stories? You guys ever noticed that? All the love stories nowadays are all, are all of the supernatural, you know, uh, kind. There's a reason for that. As we get closer to these end of days, you know that they're they're becoming more and more passionate about you know pushing this agenda, but that's just one of many. You know when you go back to Transformers, when you look at Warm Bodies, when you look at Twilight, when you look at Superman, when you look at Spider Man, and you know Mary Jane, and all these other you know tons and tons and tons and you know of movies. One of the most popular shows now. I don't watch it, but I'm sure there's. Um, you look at um, what is it? A and E. The zombie show, The Walking Dead. You know these, these shows are everywhere. So you know, I just want to you know open your eyes when you when you see this stuff, understand what it is. And as we move forward, you'll see there's just a level, you know, of of uh, influence that they want to spread. It's just going to go to an unparalleled, you know, height. You know, and you know, going forward. But also, you know, go a little yeah. bit deeper though. You know, into okay. fallen angels. Because, hold on, yeah. hold on, real quick, real, let me just set it up. Let me set it up real quick. I want you guys to see the direct link between the fallen angels and Noah, and how they shifted into rocks, and obviously how Transformers. You know, you looked at the in the in the Noah movie, 
they were known as the protectors, you know, the helpers. Well, what the heck are the transformers? The protectors of the world, the helpers of the United States government. They are our friends mm-hmm. to help us, mm-hmm. you know, ward off the attacks mm-hmm. from the Decepticons. Same thing. It's not the case, though. Fallen angels, remember, are not friendly. They're evil. They're here to cause problems. Go ahead, Osho. Sure. Usually, um, Dinan, like you said, the um, the Transformers there, and, and we just have to remember, I'm going to throw some titles at you guys, and, and just to get you here, you, I mean, so you can, you know, catch it, um, you know, this is something, again, that's been, that's been weaved into our history, so to speak. Um, they talked about, you know, like with the fallen angels, like you said, they, they said they were here to protect us in the movie of, of Noah, and in every other movie, the aliens, for the most part, say they're here to protect, but that's a deception. They're here to destroy, as a matter of fact, they're here to steal, kill, and destroy, which is the same thing that Satan does. Um, so you have the Transformers here, you know, from, from Cybertron. I won't get into that part right now, but even we have to think about, you know, Transformers. Look at the titles of, that of the movies that have come out, Revenge of the Fallen. Of the Fallen what? <laughs> so this is what we're talking about here. This is, did you fill in the blank? You know, these things are right in front of our faces. But even when we look at the history of Transformers, I'm going to break down just from the cartoon part of it just briefly for those of you that can follow me. Um, Transformers were an alien uh, race. They were, um, you know, sentient beings, however you want to look at it, you know, robots of high intelligence, of course. Notice that all aliens in almost every movie are high, have high intelligence. Well, fallen angels do have high intelligence because they were there when God, you know, created, you know, the earth and other parts of, the, you know, and other, uh, you know, other planets and created part of the heavenly. So they have a wisdom beyond human wisdom. That is why they're always portrayed in movies as highly intelligent, you know. Um, but that intelligence only comes from God. But that's the that's the part that you would never find out, you know, unless you know what they, who they really, or what the being, beings really are. So you have the Transformers here from Cybertron, and I think we all kind of kind of remember that Cybertron. Um, they're on their planet. Their planet gets destroyed by a great war. Now here's something else that is actually pointing to the, again. This is the fall. These is a story of the fallen angels interwoven into cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons that we don't even look at and realize. What will happen? And what do, as most Christians, if you know, if you're a Christian, what do we understand that Satan rebelled against God and there was a great what? A war in the heavenlies between angels. And even in the book of Revelation says that Michael and his angels fought with, um, the, fought with the dragon, who the dragon in Revelation is Satan, if you all didn't know that, and his angels. So what do you have a war here, a depiction between Autobots and Decepticons fighting, and their planet gets destroyed? Okay. So anyway, they come to Earth. Now, the interesting part here is that, you know, they, they come to Earth, and what do you have? They have, um, you know, bases on Earth. But, but even before I, I get there, again, we said that these are beings that are highly intelligent, and when they come down, they're able to shift their shapes. They're shapeshifters. That's what Transformers are. And that's, as a matter of fact, what Fallen Angels are as well. They're able to change their shape, shapeshift into whatever they see. And so they can change it to, they keep it real cute and, and cuddly, so to speak, for the Transformers. They just change into um, vehicles, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, uh, you know, nothing, you know, crazy where you'd be like, wait a minute, why did they change into that? But anyway, and they also actually at times later on in Transformers change into animals. And that's a whole other thing. And they change into animals, they change into, you know, different things, ships. Um, but anyway, they come down, they have these bases that are on, um, you know, in, on the earth. The Autobots are housed, their base is in the side of a mountain. 
Now, I'm going to show you how crazy, how, how crazy this gets in a sense. Um, and we're talking about, you know, again, fallen angels are aliens, but most people refer to them as aliens. It is known, and this is, this is true, that there are, because remember, I said the fallen angels did not go anywhere. <laughs> They're still here. That the bases, quote-unquote bases, are places where they would be at times. There are some bases, underground, quote-unquote UFO bases, um, in mountains, in the side of mountains. And here you have the Autobots and Transformers with their base in the side of a mountainside, right? So here we see where reality fiction kind of falls into reality somewhat. And then we have the Decepticons, you know, Megatron. They get defeated several times. Whatever happens, they fight back and forth. They eventually have to make their base so they do underwater. Wow, interesting point. There are a number of UFO or alien, quote-unquote, bases, which are fallen angels, again, just deceiving people that they're aliens, underwater. And a lot of people see UFOs fly out from underwater, and people have reported that time and time again, and they wonder where they're coming from. And yet you, on the Transformers, you have the Decepticons with a base deep down in the ocean from which they come out periodically to fight the um, Autobots. Right. Another yeah, interesting let me just point. Make a, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me, just a quick point about that. Yeah. I would encourage you all, because if, if you're a little bit lost, we spent on the first show, part one, which I rebroadcasted last night, we spent more time. Tonight we want to focus on Hollywood and that agenda, but we spent a great deal of time uh, on that first show talking about the government and the military and you know actual sightings and what's documented, what's not documented, what's fact. What's right. fiction? What's a myth? What's reality? So many, you know. So that's why this is really part two. We don't want to just do two duplicate shows. We want to take it, you know, further. But you know, that's what he's referencing right now. In case you, you know, missed that show, definitely, uh, you know, if you're interested in tonight's show, you're like, wow, this is deep stuff. Definitely go back and listen to part one. It's right there on the um, at DataOntober Show. Uh, dot com. Uh, Osho, let's keep it moving though, because uh, obviously, so yeah, so you, and that's a great way of breaking down Transformers. I mean. Better than I even thought that you would, you know, deeper than I thought you would, you would take it. But that's that's great. What what other films? There's also a, an, a recurring theme in Hollywood that we see with robots. You know, obviously there's like the whole, you know, Transformers are robots. Well, we know what they really are, but they're portrayed as you know these robots. But robots mixed with humans and having human features and you know even dealing with humans is a very recurring theme throughout Hollywood. What's the what, first of all? What are some other movies where you where that's evident? But also, what's the purpose? What are they trying to do? What's that agenda? Well, um, even with the the whole you know um, robot and, and human thing, you have to realize again um, with in Gen- like you said, uh, Dadon, like we talked about in Genesis chapter six. What are the fallen angels or excuse me, the, the sons of God? They came down on their own. This particular group of angels and then were you know. Yeah, could not you know return to heaven. That is, um, but what did they come to do? They they slept with the daughters of 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 men. Why did they do this? Okay, one was to be with them, but also there was a uh, ulterior motive more than likely, and that was to taint the DNA of mankind. Also, one more than likely, so the Messiah could not be birthed. Um, you know, because every human being's um, DNA would have been corrupted. That's why when we go back to Genesis chapter 6, and I think we may have mentioned this, that's why it's important, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, to understand when it says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. That word perfect, uh, actually in the Hebrew, means more like without blemish. And we understand that, well, what was God talking about? No, Noah was not perfect in that he never sinned. 
Noah's, and this is an interesting thing, and this is where it ties in. What were they really trying to get at? Noah was untainted in terms of um, his, you know, genealogy, his DNA. That's one thing to understand. So if you, if I take something that God created, here's the point to understand, that God created, made in the image of God, and then what do I do with it? I mess with it so that it's not made in the image of God. What am I doing with it? You know, is it is it there if I give something, uh, you know, 95% or 80% uh, artificial body parts or what have you, is that, you know, uh, is, is that person or is that being, is it still human? You know, so you have the, the everything going on, like you said, they down with Hollywood, uh, I think it's a Lyceum where you have Matt Damon, you know, with the, the movie where, you know, the people that have the these, you know, robotics to them are the elite, right? And then those that are struggling don't have. So, again, you know, what's, what's the message there? RoboCop, why did that come back out? Obviously, <laughs> you know. So there's several there's several different movies that you said that that go in um, to that part. Data, not just that, but uh, there's so many movies. But even um, she, uh, I think it's her, the movie with Joaquin Phoenix, where he's in love with this artificial intelligence. See, we don't see it if you're not, you know, if we're not awake or alert, it will just keep going and they'll keep, you know, showing whatever they want to show you. You'd be like, oh, that's cool. But there's a message, again, there's a message that's being sent. There was one that was being sent since we were little kids with cartoons, and it's still continuing on to this day, you know, that this is the way that you need to go. You need these enhancements. And sometimes they try to um, mask it under, well, these good things are good, that, you know, because people that are amputees will need, you know, can move. Yeah, that's, that it really is good, but what is the real motive? Why are they mass producing these things the way that they are? And it's not just for people that are amputees. But it's to do something I, I, completely different that was done back in the day. Sure. And what I would really just encourage everybody to do is, I mean, if you want to go watch a movie, watch it. I'm not saying don't watch it, but I'm saying at least, you know, do it with the knowledge, you know, with, that we're giving you tonight and say, wow, okay, this is what the agenda is. You know, this is the message. Movies nowadays, there are very few movies that come out nowadays, understand this, that that are not you know, politically, socially, and spiritually motivated. Every movie that comes out is done with a purpose, whether it's something like Olympus Has Fallen, Transformers, Twilight, Warm Bodies, even these TV shows like The New Normal. They're all done, you know, even these songs, Happy, they're all put out there with a specific agenda, you know, just with an agenda. You know, and it's important for us as believers to understand exactly what that agenda is. All right, guys. But yeah, Elysium, Matt Damon played. I saw that in the theater. I went to go check it out because I knew what it was going to be. He was like a, you know, had an accident. They made him into a half man, half robot type of thing. You know, I mean, you look at movies like I Robot, uh, I Robot, uh, with Will Smith, where you know it's a a, a battle between. Man and you know and these evil robots, RoboCop. You know what I'm saying? It's, there's a reason for that. You know, well, I know I'm, I know you were you were you had more that you wanted to say about that. No, no, I yeah, I did. I just wanted to say this data on before, not to jump back, but before I forget, even on that subject, to help people understand. They're like, okay, what is this guy? You know, talking about Transformers. You're talking about fallen names. What are they, Transformers? But I, I just want us to understand. I'm gonna take a look at a, a scripture real quickly, and that's Psalm 18. Um, I think it begins at verse 7, and this is just uh, hopefully 
people will begin to understand. Um, because also many people have said that, well, yeah, it talks about UFOs in the Bible, but not exactly in the way that they think. And this is the deception that's behind even the UFO itself. Um, when we look at Psalm 18, verse, uh, I think it's 7 through 10, I'm just going to read real quickly. And this is to understand, this is talking about God, and this is kind of where I was going with the whole Transformers thing and what am I talking about. It says, Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. He is God, and is who we're talking about in verse 7, who I'm reading about. Smoke went up from his nostrils and a devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. Listen to verse 10 very carefully. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. I'm going to leave that right there. And the reason why I need us to understand and wanted to hear that part, the Bible says, and not many people have caught this, and this just comes from research, God rode on a cherub. Well, you might be like, well, what in the world? A cherub is an angel. And see, this is the part that we have to understand. I'm just pointing this part out. Um, God rode or does ride on the cherub. Even in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 9 and 10, if you look in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel has a vision. He sees God, and what does he see? He sees the cherubim under God, and he sees the throne of God above the cherubim. And it says that the cherubim are moving wherever the spirit in the wheels moves. They, God was using the cherubim at that point as a vehicle. I want us to understand this because I want us to think UFOs are what they really are. See, fallen angels, like I said, are not limited by time and space. They can do some of the same things they could do in heaven. It's just that they do them for deception. So you have fallen angels that are cherub that actually can form a ship-like structure and fly. And that is why UFOs can de defy the laws of physics. That is one of the reasons that most of them can. And they're here one minute and gone the next, that they can make right angles without hitting the wall because it's a living entity. Angels that have come together to form this a structure, that's where we get into the line of the Transformers. Remember, the form, form Destructicon, they used to come together and form a bigger thing or astrotrain. It's the same concept, except for they're robbing it what was, you know, something that God was, it was used for. You know, God would ride upon the cherub, and they're deceiving mankind and they're believing, oh, this is a UFO. Oh, it must mention this in the Bible. Look, that thing was flying. It's a chariot. No, but they're making a, uh, creating a machine that is being used to deceive. It's the same thing you see in the movie um, Farscape. There's a ship in one of those movies, TV shows, that's alive, and it talks. It's a, that's where that okay. concept is coming from. Yeah. Look at look at Aladdin. You know, look at, you know, Puff the Magic mm -hmm. Dragon. These people are actually riding on dragons. You know, I mean, these are all things that, you know, like you said, it's all making a mockery. Um, mm -hmm. Excellent points. Excellent points. We have a question from one of our listeners right now. She, uh, you know, wrote in, She and this is you know, live right here. She says, hey, Daydon, I'm listening to the show. I've had this conversation with several Bible scholars who feel strongly that all of the fallen angels were killed during the flood. Would you please speak to that issue? I think it would be beneficial to explain. Also, what is your take on that, um, you know, that, that idea that the fallen angels were actually killed in the flood? 
Well, for one, um, one thing, a couple of things we have to realize. There were fallen angels that came down in Genesis 6. There were also the Bible talks about in Revelation that a third of the angels came with Satan. So certainly the ones that came down in Genesis 6 were not all of the third, um, for one. Um, they were not destroyed. Angels are not necessarily, you know, in that sense destroyed. And if you look into the book of Enoch, uh, it explains a little more that some of them uh, were, you know, bound, you know, um, but at the same time, that was not necessarily forever. And at the same time, you know, they are still, you know, very much here. Just like we see that UFOs are, if we, you know, realize that what they are, fallen angels, are still here. And still Satan's angels fallen, you know, those that left with him, even those that left with him, are still deceiving the world. So, no, they're not gone, to answer that question. Yes, they're very much still here. Um, you know, and the Bible says nowhere does it say the third that, that went with Satan was gone or is gone. Neither does it say he is gone himself. So he's still out deceiving the world, and they're still a part of that deception. All right. Well, that's deep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys are welcome to call in with questions or write in with questions, whatever you want to do. This is just, um, you know, an attempt to just, you know, put some information out there. and You guys can take with it, you know, and do with it what you will. Uh, and don't and with anything, you know we are we don't claim to be you know the end all and be all. But this is just right. information we're giving y'all so that you can take the necessary steps to research on your own. You know we just we just want to start the conversation. You know that's that's unfortunately mm -hmm. not really being had. This is all up to you guys to really take it and run with it. Spread you know do your research, spread the word on your own, and you know we can really get this thing rolling because understand the agenda. You know, and, you know, will not change. We can't do anything to change what's happening. You understand that? All we can do is inform right. as many mm -hmm. people as possible and try to save as many souls. I mean, revelations is what it is. The end of the world will come. You know, we're moving towards a very unpleasant place. You know, what I mean, I'm not trying to change it. Osho's not trying to change. It. it can't be changed. You know, but we are here to educate and inform and expose. Um. I wanted to, I made you know I made an interesting observation on my own recently. You look at you know some of these superstars as we talk about aliens and these disaster movies. You look at you know some of the most popular artists or you know entertainers come to mind like you know I'm just gonna throw some out off the top of my head: Will Smith, uh, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Samuel L. Jackson. You know what? Uh, Matt Damon. What do all of these actors? Have in common, guys. I mean, just I mean, I just named probably the top entertainers, you know, of all time. You know, the most marketable box office guys of all time. They all have made movies specifically about what we're talking about now. Have you noticed that, Osho? Um, yeah, I think you had Tom Cruise. Was he in the movie Prometheus? I mean, Was that what, what Tom I mean, Cruise? Now he he wasn't yeah, in I mean, that he but 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 he was okay. in World of the Worlds. Okay. Right, he was in War of the Worlds, which had to do with alien invasion, uh, which we you know again that's the same concept. And he was in another movie I forget recently with Morgan Freeman, um, oh. like two years ago, and I forget what the name of that movie. Um, that was another movie that he was in that had to do with like the uh, humanity, you know, oblivion. being at the end of humanity, uh, maybe Oblivion. Yeah, I think it was similar concept. Will Smith, what was his movie? Um, something about Earth with his son Jaden. Yeah, After Earth. I mean, he's been in a, after a, a Earth, right? 
a number of them, you know, going somewhere else, going to another planet, you know, or, or, you know, the end of humanity or, you know, alien race. It all has to do, like you said, connected with that. And I don't know, you, you mentioned Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt did the, the World War Z, which is on the other concept of, you know, the whole zombie thing, you know. Um, you know, that's, you know, that was interesting to say, right? But so we have all that going on. Um, but it's been in TV shows even for, you know, obviously this concept, um, but we ha- let's take a look at this, you know, going the end of the world or whatever, going to another planet. Uh, we look at, what was that movie, Gravity, with, with Sandra Bullock and, and what was it, and um, George Clooney? Yeah. Well, we looked at them floating around in space for how many hours? <laughs> so why, you know, all the, you know, obsession of we're viewing space, let's look at how grandiose this is as they're looking for life on Mars. Why in the world are you looking for life on Mars when our life here needs to be fixed? You know, I mean, it's like when the government, like I said, everything is, you know, and as you said, I'm pointing to a direction. Uh, There was a show, I think, you know, uh, there's been plenty of shows where the people have been on Earth and the Earth was destroyed and they needed to find a new Earth. There have been shows like that in the past. I think Babylon AD was kind of like that, a popular TV show that they redid um, several years ago. Um, so we look at those things, and they had to relocate. You know, what Hold if, on, what let, is, me just, you know, let me just yeah, stop you real quick. Real quick, because mm-hmm. in this moment, there was, a, there was a, that uh, Elysium. I'm about to tell you about two things with that exact same premise. Mm-hmm. Elysium, the whole premise of it was, it was, you know, years in the future. Earth had already been, uh, you know, been going to the World War III had happened, and you know, life was no longer you know, safe, you know, you know, here on, on earth. So they created for the rich and, and, you know, the elite, basically this, this Elysium, this, this community in space, you know, for the rich and the famous where they could live and live in harmony and peace. And just, it was in a whole community, but here's the thing. I want you guys to do some research and which I did. Mm -hmm. You guys know that's already in production, right? Right. Like that, it's actually a, a Russian um, developer is actually, you know, it's it's being done now. They're taking reservations now. It's it's being produced in space, an alternative community. They're not talking about it. No one is talking about it. But it, just Google it. Just Google like Russian, you know, space community. You know, launching or you know what I'm saying, and you'll you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I'll post the links. Um, but this is all stuff that's that's going to be happening. You know, once the Earth is no longer, you think they don't know what's coming? They think you think they aren't aren't making provisions on how they're going to survive? There, the elite, the rich, the powerful, the privileged. There are, you know, they're ton. They're not going to talk about it, but there are provisions being made currently. Uh, but there's that, and so I would, and really, I would just encourage you all to watch the movie. You know, I mean, they they talk about chemtrails in there. It's a crazy scene where you actually see chemtrails written on, you know, Matt Damon's gun very subtly, but you know, blatantly at the same time, um, you know, I, so I'm like, wow, it says, you know, if you don't know what chemtrails are, I would re- encourage you just to research what that's all about um, in the government's agenda uh, in regards to it. Uh, but so there's that. But then there's another show that my wife and I watched uh, a couple years seasons ago. It got canceled, but it was called Terra Nova. Okay. And it was actually a movie where because the earth, you know, I guess World War Three happened and, you know, the earth was no longer safe. It was, you know, unsanitary. They had to walk around with masks on. So they created this, you know, this portal 
that could take people back in time, you know, before every like with the dinosaurs. So they and they had this community, you know, and but they were the rich and the powerful, you know, manipulated it so they could have a monopoly on it. And they just like it was just a crazy. It was actually a really good show. It only lasted like one season, but that was the premise of it. You know, the Earth, well, you couldn't live on Earth, so you had to go back in time to live on this community that they created, you know, with the dinosaurs. Um, did you, you didn't watch that. Did you, did you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to share something even, Dan, of what you said is that, you know, they're already preparing, they're getting this ready, making provisions. But I clear, I want to clearly share this. Um, in, in Revelation chapter 6, it says this, uh, verse 15, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, Every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that's speaking about God who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? And the answer to that is no one. No one. The answer, the answer to that without uh, accepting Christ as Lord Savior of your life, without a relationship with him, no one will be able to stand before God. And just to understand that all these provisions that are being made and all this stuff that's being done is for naught. You know, it is a, uh, what do they say, like a fleshly, a, a physical response to a spiritual matter. You know? And what it is is that hearts and minds and, and, and souls have to be right with God and be turning this, this country in the direction that's right with God, which is not moving that way right now. Um, that's what has to happen in order to avoid if it were possible, that. But at least, you know, for those that there need to be people that need to get right, but no one's going to avoid it without giving their lives to Christ, not a single soul. So even these people that are building provisions and making stuff on the moon, stuff under the uh, water, they're making submarine communities or thinking about doing that where people can live in submarines, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen or last without God, you know, without them giving their lives to God and, and you know, being with him, with the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. I'm just not to go back, but I'm just I, mm-hmm. I, every time I think about it, Revenge of the Fallen, Fallen Angels. They were kicked out yeah. of heaven. Obviously, mm-hmm. they were upset about that. They're pissed off about that. So they're going to have their revenge. Revenge. If anyone, if anyone is thinking that that is a coincidence or just a random title because somebody thought that it sounded cool, you really need to. I mean, that's not the case. The revenge of the fallen angels who were kicked out of heaven by God and are now here on earth. Okay, guys, that's that's what that is. And that's Hollywood. That's really the whole premise of what we're here for is to talk about how Hollywood is obsessed with spreading their agenda through what they want us to think is fiction. You know, um, you, you look at, I know me and we also talked about this, how we wanted to present it, but I say it's no time like the present. Look at a show that my wife and I watched last season, which was called The Event. Should, should we do it, Osho? I mean, we talked about how we wanted to do it. Should we just jump right into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. One, just on that Transformers piece, the, the movie titles say it all, um, Revenge of the Fall and Dark Side of the Moon. The next Transformers movie that's supposed to come out is called Age of Extinction. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's... Like I said, it's it's age of extinction. Well, okay. Obviously, it's not the Transformers extinction, right in the movie. So, uh, so I just wanted to you know point that out that 
They're talking about the well, extinction I mean, of mankind. Yeah. Right, right. And the titles are getting more and more blatant. Revenge right. of the Fallen, Dark Side of the Moon, which we could go into a whole in-depth analyzation right. about the moon. Although, you know, we are we we are on the cusps of you know the blood moons. And if you could, matter of fact, Oscar, I don't want to go too deep into it. We really want to encourage you guys to do your research on it. But right. if you could, I mean, this is a huge event. It's happening tonight around you know midnight overnight. We're going to experience. You know, the blood moon. What, for people who have seen it on the news and heard the rumors and, have, you know, they've heard mm-hmm. about it, but they don't really understand it, could you give maybe a brief just description real quick of what are the blood moons and what is the both scientific and spiritual significance of of it right on the heels of Passover, which is obviously a Jewish holiday? Well, just the significance, um, you know, just in, in short, there's a blood moon. I mean, we're at a very pivotal point in history. I'm just going to say that. Uh, There's a blood moon that's scheduled to take place tomorrow, April 15, 2014, which is Passover. Um, The significance of this is that there have been blood moons in the past, yes, um, that have occurred. That's, you know, that's not highly, you know, atypical. Uh, The difference is that these blood moons, and I'll start with this, this first one occurs on Passover, a Jewish holiday. Hold on, real quick. Uh, real, real, real quick, not to, real quick. Let me just interject real quick. I want you to finish. I just want to say this one thing. I hope no one thinks that's a coincidence. Okay, I'm just going to say that. that's all I want to say. Hopefully, you don't think one of these extremely rare blood moons that's happening on this Jewish holiday is just random and it's nothing spiritually, you know, motivated behind it. It's just, you know, it's some, you know, anomaly in, you know, in science. No. <laughs> That's not like Osho said. It's a very unique time here in 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 history, and something major is upon us. All right, I'm, I'm sorry, Osho. Go, please continue. No, 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 not that. So, um, see, see, this is you know we have our own timetable, and man has a timetable, but God also has His timetable. And I just have to read this Genesis chapter one verse fourteen. It says, "Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day." From the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So there are times, just like the wise men followed the star to uh, Bethlehem to see where Jesus was born, and it says the Bible says the sons of Issachar could discern the, the signs of the times. I know there's a song that says, I saw the sign, you know, years ago, but we need to understand the sign of what is God saying to us and what time we're in. So we have this blood moon that occurs tomorrow on uh, April 15th, uh, 2014, on Passover, a Jewish holiday. Again, they've occurred before, but however, when blood moons occur on a Jewish holiday, it usually means a major event in history. This has been recorded. You can look this up. It usually means a major event for the Jewish, Jew, the Jewish nation, a nation, excuse me, in Israel, uh, whether it be a war. I think one time there was a seven-day war, or whether it be that they gained land or independence. Um, in some aspect or light, there's been major events that occur <clears throat> that affect Israel and Jerusalem on during these blood moons on their uh, holy days, on the uh, Passover, on the festivals days, feast days. Now, what we have here um, that's happening tomorrow is not just happening tomorrow for April 15, 2014. We have a blood moon on April 15, 2014. There is another one. On October 8th of 2014, on another Jewish 
feast day, another Jewish holiday. Then, and I'll come back, there's another blood moon on April 4th, 2015. And then there just happens to be another blood moon on uh, September 28, 2015. Again, happening on Passover and again happening on Sukkot, which is another Jewish festival. I believe it is the Feast of Tabernacles, but I don't want to get that wrong, but I believe that's what Sukkot is. However, we have four blood moons. The likelihood that that happens in that time frame is, all, is, is highly, highly unlikely. Maybe every 500, I don't even know if it's 500 years, I forget what the exact estimate is on a date, but it's very important. This is no coincidence. Just for people that think it is a coincidence, it's not a coincidence. It's a point. And God's making a point. And he's trying to get his people to see what is happening. What we have right in the middle of that, just want to mention real quickly, Dadon, there is a solar eclipse that is supposed to happen on March 20th. And I believe that's, yeah, March 20th of 2015. Right? Now, if I were to draw a scripture, and this is not to say that this is the, where we are exactly, but it is to understand that there is a similar event in the Bible, if I were to draw a scripture and I would say, well, what does this event seem close to or where, you know, how did anything like this happen in the Bible? Well, it's for something that didn't happen yet. It's in uh, Genesis chapter 6, at least at that point, verse 12. It says, and I, and it says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops in its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Uh, one other thing, the scripture that I read earlier in Genesis, I mean, uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 15, dealing with the kings and the commanders of the earth, was from that same uh, chapter right after the blood moon in the chapter and the, um, and the sun eclipse. And so, like I said, this is no coincidence. I'm not going to say this is Genesis, I mean, Revelation, excuse me, chapter 6. However, it is a sign is assigned by God. I believe in God is telling us that there's a time coming and that there's a change about to come, as Pastor Hagee would like to say. Um, so something significant is about to happen um, in, in our history and, and uh, you know, in our lives, and we need to be spiritually prepared for it. There's no more time for games or whatever, you know, playing around. We need to be prepared. We need to be well, prayed up. About- we need to have a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Prayer is essential. You know, relationships mm-hmm. with God. The, the classic and intimate and special relationship with God is is a hundred percent essential. Um, right. Time is running out. Let's talk it about is. though, because I don't. We, yeah. I don't know. Bible says, you know, no man knows the day, or the time. We don't know, and we don't even claim to know what their end game is or what the agenda. I mean, we know what the agenda is. We don't know how it's all going to play out. I don't claim to, but. What we do know is that what we've been talking about is Hollywood is very, uh, you know, passionate and almost obsessed with using entertainment to give you glimpses of and pieces of their agenda. I mean, we've seen it through, you know, the James Bond, Skyfall. You know, we saw what happened with Aurora. We see, you know, I mean, so many different, um, you know, things that have been shown in, inter- in, you know, quote unquote entertainment. Let's talk about that show, The Event, which I think is very interesting. Or real quick, even before that, look at just the show. We, we mentioned Will Smith being in a number of movies that um, have to do with the supernatural. How could we forget Men in Black? 
Look at what Men in Black oh, wow. is. It centers around, uh, you know, a covert government agency that's specifically designed to uncover aliens, you know, who have blended in and and are, you know, deceiving us into thinking that they're humans. Well, what does that yeah. sound like? Yeah, yeah. You know, and if I go ahead, I'm sorry, you want me to? No, 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 please. Yeah. Um, the Men in Black concept is, is like you said, the, the covert government agencies. Um, and if you notice in almost every, you know, movie, Transformers, they are in line with the government. There's, there's a connection. There always is. We look at all those movies with aliens. There's some connection. Um, but that's, you know, that is what it is. It's true. Like, um, and even the blending part. If you look up, like I said, this comes from research of the alien uh, fallen angel. Let's make sure that that's clear. Fallen angel slash, you know, pretending to be alien agenda. It is to do the same as in Genesis six to hybridize. Um, and you can look that up. You know, I, I, you know, again, I would pray, but look it up. Hybridization, alien um, agenda. Every abductee, almost every abductee, just about has reported being sexually manipulated. What it is is for the purpose of reproduction and also blending that fallen angel again with the human being. And you do, even today, just like an MIB, they make fun of it in the Men in Black too, but you do have fallen angels that walk among us. The Bible says beware lest you entertain angels or you know, be mindful lest you entertain angels unawares. That's in the Bible, and I'm just paraphrasing. The, you know, you can entertain angels unawares. You can also be entertaining fallen angels unawares because, as I told the caller earlier, they're still here. So what happens is you need a spiritual discernment to understand and know what you're dealing with. You know, is it of God or is it not of God? The Bible says that Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. And so we have to be decept- discerning, excuse me, rather, of his deception and know that there are angels that walk among us. There are. There are, just like they did back in the um, biblical times. This hasn't changed, you know, in the Old Testament, still now. And even in, in um, fallen angels that walk among us as well. And we have to, that's where we need to understand that that's real and, um, you know, that they also blend in by looking more human by a hybridization program, which is part of their plot to blend in, you know, to ultimately stuff. take over. Yeah. Right. I just thought of this just now. I mean, look at how they're passionate about doing that. Who Who is an alien who has blended in to seem normal but is one of the most iconic characters of all time? Superman, you know? On, I mean, nobody looks at it like that, but, it, and, you know, if you really look at it, Superman is an alien from, from Krypton. He's a, he's a son. Named, you know, named Kal-El. Right, Kal-El. Right. Yeah, it's a whole other thing, yeah. Right, it's a whole other comment. That does mean God, though. But, yeah, he's from another planet, so he is an alien who has blended in, mixed in with the human race, has fallen in love with Lois Lane, they have a baby, I believe, in the first uh, Superman. You know what I'm saying? You look at, I mean, they have this love. That's the whole premise of the fallen angels right there. They mask themselves as being good, but in reality, they're evil. Well, look what happens when you have Bizarro. I mean, I'm getting deep into it. You know what I mean? What is yeah. He's just the, the real yeah. version of Superman, the true version of Superman, which is, you know, the fallen angels, which is really evil. Super. Ironically, here's the irony of it all. Bizarro 
is supposed to be the fake Superman when in reality he's the real Superman because the real fallen angels are evil masking themselves as being good. I, me and you didn't even talk about that, Osho, but that's that's actually well, exactly what it is. Well, it's the same concept, uh, concept they on that Autobots, they're supposed to be a good and they're all fallen, but they this is and thank you. It's the same thing in reality. Uh, where for those that are familiar with the UFO cases, like you know, well, going to the Transformers, Autobots and Decepticons. Well, there's one good, there's one bad. In reality, all fallen angels are bad. They're all evil, but they play a part. They play roles. It's, they're they're like in theater almost for the world, for people to deceive. So they say, oh, we'll play good cop, bad cop. That's what they do. We're good. You know, and there's a bad faction of us. That's what the aliens do, the Graves versus the Nordics, which are all fallen angels anyway. And one of them is a hybrid race. But in any case, they, they do this is good, we're good, they're bad. So you want to run to the good guys when in reality they're all bad, and they're all going to send you to the same place, bring you to the same place, which is hell. And so that's the game that they play. And that's why people believe, some people that are abducted, that, oh, no, they're good. They're my, uh, you know, these, are, these are ascended masters. That's a lie. The devil's a liar. That's from the lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> you know, they're not ascended masters. They play the game as though they are so that they can deceive and then entrap, and they're all on the same team. They're all on the same team. You right, know, just like, like you said, yeah. Right, kind of like Twilight. <clears throat> uh, you know, if you guys mm-hmm. watch Twilight, my wife and I, we, we, we actually watched all of them. And if you look at it, I mean, they're all vampires. They all need blood to survive it. But if you if you guys followed it, you know that obviously, yeah, there were the bad vampires who would just go around killing everybody. But then you look at, um, uh, you know, uh, Jacob. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he he still had the desire to destroy, you know, her and eat her and suck her blood and the blood of everybody. They had an uncontrollable desire. Just because they were the quote unquote good vampires, they still, you know, feasted off of blood. They still needed that human blood to survive, which means they had the desire, whether they showed them doing it or not, they had the desire to kill and to carry out the evil, you know, you know that was really, you know, naturally inside of them. Um, but, you know, I want to get to it because, I mean, we've been talking all, you know, around it, you know, and all this is great information, but there's, there's something much deeper that, that is going on here, you know, and then I think that we need to... I, mean, I want I want Osho to you know reveal it to you. I'm gonna let him tell you, but it's definitely deep and it's, it needs to be um, discussed. And I I want to use the the premise of the, the you know the TV show the event to introduce it to you guys who may not be familiar. Okay, we've been taught we we've established we've used tonight's whole show to lay the foundation of what fallen angels are, or I should say what aliens are, and I'm using that term loosely. But we know they're fallen angels now, who were you know obviously here. And are still here. Um, and, you know, the, if you guys watch the event, you have Blair Underwood, who plays the role of you know, the president, a rather young African-American president. And it, it centers around this major event. And throughout the whole season, you never really know what, <clears throat> excuse me, what that event is until you get to the end of the season, uh, end of the series. And the event ends up being that there are actually the government is has this concentration camp so to speak of aliens this whole alien race that that you know that came here years ago and you know the the main characters of the of the the show are actually aliens you know 
you know, masking themselves as government agents and, you know, entrepreneurs and just business people, but they're actually a part of this race, secret race, trying to, um, you know, you know, carry out their agenda to bring the rest of their people here from this, you know, this other planet through this 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 portal that they're developing. That's the event, and it, it has to do with it centers around the government's cover up of this species, and you know, and that's so that's the foundation of that's the TV show. Also, what do you make of that as far as? Whether it's the blood moons, whether it's you know everything that we know about the government and these cover-ups with these sightings, and what is what is coming? What can people, you know, try to prepare themselves for in regards to this? Because we know something is happening, but right. in, in your estimation, you and I have talked about it a number of times. What do you think is happening? How would you like to present that to the people? Well, one thing, um, just in, real quickly, in regards to the hybridization thing, I didn't want to forget this, uh, for people to look up um, star children um, and understanding what is actually going on. People are like, well, where is there any evidence of this? Look up star children, and that will clue you in on what's going on. Um, but in regards to the government um, and, and um, their relationship, it's, you know, with the alien uh, you know, we get shown things like years after stuff is already established, you know, as as people, as a culture, as a world, you know, uh, after stuff is already done. Um, it's, it's well known and, and mainly documented, talked about by a number of people that, you know, yes, there's a relationship with government and, and, and uh, alien uh, race. There was a, for goodness sake, there was a council, I think, March 2013, on how, you know, that they should release disclosure in Washington, D.C. Um, you can see that article on my site at the www.intimewarrior777.com. So, but this is not something that's unknown. Um, there have been presidents, uh, Ronald Reagan, that said, you know, what if, uh, you know, he came out in his speech like there was some outside force, you know, or, or group of beings, I'm paraphrasing, that came against his world. Wouldn't it be good that, you know, if we could all unite together? And people are like, well, what in the world is he talking about? He's talking about exactly what we're talking about, what you think he's talking about. He's talking about, fall, he's talking about aliens, but he's really talking about fallen angels. He may not know that, may or may not. But um, it's interestingly enough, Dana, that you bring this up, that Bill Clinton was just on the Jimmy Fallon show. Is that correct, Jimmy Fallon? Yep. I think is the name of the guy, several, maybe two nights, a couple nights ago. Now, this is an ex-president, right? He's, whatever he's doing, I don't know, promoting a book, comes on here on the Jimmy Fallon show, and Jimmy Fallon asks him about, well, what do you think about aliens? Like, where in the world did that question come from? You know, <laughs> out of left field to an ex-president. Now, mind you, what Clinton, you know, tried to say is basically, well, I don't know if they are real, I don't know if they are not lying, but, you know, you know this and that, but... Um, you know, he was like, but ultimately what he said, and he basically mirrored the same speech Ronald Reagan did. He said the same thing. He said, but if there were an outside force, he said that would come you know, against the U.S. or come against the world, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, that might be what we need, is what he was saying. He said to be united. He said, wouldn't it be good if we could unite together as one? So, talking about the people or? Talking about the people. Talking about the people of the world, if they could, the world could become united. As in a new world order, a one world order. There you go. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> as in one world, you know, for one exactly the sentiment. So that's what he was bringing about. So why did he say that on the Jimmy Fallon show just a few nights ago? 
and yet we're having and we're having a significant event tomorrow, at least like I said on God's time clock with this blood moon. Um, you know, there was a, a Russian, I think, earlier this year that came on the TV saying something about alien disclosure, and if the U.S. doesn't disclose it, they will. And people try to make fun of this person, and they thought he was joking. This is not a joke. It's not a game. It's real. And at some point, they are going to dis- they're going to completely disclose it because they already know it. Disclose. If anyone is familiar with, um, real quickly with Eric Snowden, they the, you know they they call the leak you know whatever he told about the NSA spying. He also a lot of people don't know brought out a document that said that the government gets um, daily um, information on alien entities. Speaking of you know UFOs and things like that, and the government believes this and this, you know this a certain thing about them. And he said the highest official in our government gets these documents on a, I think it's almost a daily basis. So don't tell me, you, you know, we could say they don't know, but that's the lie. The government, they completely know, and they're completely on some levels in conjunction with this, uh, you know, uh, what's going on. Right. So here's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that, you know, just from a political standpoint, the government has one. I think it's important to understand when it becomes that <clears throat> they can classify anything a matter of national security that they choose to. Okay, that's you guys should know that just from you know, watching the scandal. I mean, you know, for lack of a better example, but that's how it actually works. If somebody deems, they say, hey, look, we don't want the public to know about this or we're not ready to reveal this to them yet, we're going to classify this as, as national, a matter of national security. So when something is on that level, the media is not allowed by law to discuss it or disclose it. It's totally off limits by everyone. So it's very easy, you know, to keep a lot of this stuff under the radar, most of this stuff under the radar and out of the media. So we there's so much stuff that goes on behind closed doors, These, like he said, these classified documents that we will never see and be a part of. But it's important to understand what the word says about what happened back then and what, you know, what still is. And then you can look around at their, you know, they don't want to tell you what it is from a news perspective because that would mean accountability. But instead of doing it that way, they'll put it in a movie. They'll p- let it play out right before your eyes in a TV show that will only air for one season. You know, these, these people could have a show go on, you know, they can make any show a hit if they want to. Any show can go on for as long as they want it to go on. They control the ratings. That's all, you know, it's all whatever they want it to be. But they wanted to send a message, and they sent it, then the message is going, kind of like the new normal. If they wanted the new normal to stay on TV for three, four seasons, it would have stayed on, but it served its purpose. They wanted to show a gay family, a gay lifestyle, as being the new normal. They wanted to show that this event is coming, and this is, you know, with uh, under the, the – you know, the leadership of a young black president. Understand, there's a reason why Obama's here, and this event, this blood moon is here, and what I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever it's going to be will be delivered, will be spoken about by Barack Obama, you know, the same way Blair Underwood spoke about it in the event. Anyone who thinks that's a coincidence, you know, is, has not been really tuned in. You know what? What else do you want to share with the people in regards to that? I mean, just I would say this: this the you know, the date is, like I said, highly significant. I don't know what's going to happen um, specifically, uh, but 
God is showing and revealing this moon to us for a you know for for a reason, obviously, and I think what we said, um, and it, it needs to be something that is paid attention to, not taking lightly. The other thing that's going to occur right around the time of this blood moon, there were peace treaties, uh, peace deal trying to be worked from the U.S. Uh, with Israel, um, you know, uh, around this time. It started last year with John Kerry. Uh, those peace treaties were supposed to end uh, this month, in the month of April. And um, at this point, it doesn't look like they say, you know, that it's going to happen, uh, that there is going to be a peace treaty. Uh, but just to understand, we're dealing with some, you know, very significant dates and times. Uh, again, we have the blood moon. We have, you know, possible disclosure. Who knows what's going to happen with that? We also have possible treaty or, if not, possible war. And this is something else that people probably haven't taken into account, probably thought about, but... You know, Israel, whatever may happen with Israel, like I said, things used to happen uh, to Israel at the time of this uh, blood moon. But we also have issues going on with Russia right now that we have, you know, no idea what's going on, all this talking back and forth. But in reality, that could spawn into something much more different that can involve uh, several other countries as well and not just Russia. And then we'd be looking at another world war. Uh, so there's a very big possibility. Again, I'm not saying what's going uh, to happen, but there's, you know, there's something going to happen, um, and it's going to happen at this time or, you know, this time coming shortly approaching. Right. This, this is one of the things that I want to um, I, I want to look at this. Uh, there's so many different things going on um, in conjunction to this time period. I, as you guys know, you know, historically have watched wrestling. I watched this past, um, you know, uh, WrestleMania, and <clears throat> many of you guys know. A couple of years ago, I shared with you a video of of what turned out to be a, a satanic ritual between the Undertaker and and you know and CM Punk, you know, where you know Undertaker was getting you know he got beat up, ambushed by CM Punk, and you know he was pouring what was Paul Bearer's his, you know his manager's ashes all over him, and you know right on the loudspeaker you hear. You know, six six six, like this deep voice. You know, just saying that on the on the loudspeaker as uh, CM Punk was pouring the ashes over the Undertaker, and I'm like, wow. So I, you know, I had it on my DVR, so I recorded it and I uploaded the video onto my Facebook page. So that was that, um, which is one of the most just you know crazy things I've ever seen in my life. To be honest with you, and it's like, wow, this stuff is actually real. This actually goes on right before your eyes, and just hoping no, nobody would have heard that. You know what I mean? Um, and I wouldn't have even heard it either had I not been familiar with you know what to listen for and the fact that he was blatantly saying six six six. But a lot of people right now were talking about the death of the Ultimate Warrior. Okay, uh, Ultimate Warrior is known as being you know one of the most just you know, kick butt, you know, wrestlers and, you know, hypest and just really off the wall type of, uh, you know, characters, you know, in WWE history. And I, 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 you know, even as I think about it, I get chills because many of you know, the under, I mean, the ultimate word has not been seen in wrestling for, for years. You know what I'm saying? He's just been, you know, MIA. All of a sudden on the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania, you know, they bring him back. He's inducted into the Hall of Fame on that, you know, that weekend. But then he comes back. Now, there were about seven or eight people inducted into the Hall of Fame on that, you know, the day before WrestleMania. For whatever reason, 
Now this is you got to do your own, try your own conclusions for whatever reason. The under, I mean, the Ultimate Warrior was brought back that following night on Monday Night Raw to come down, do his walk, play his music, come down to the middle of the ring and give a speech. He didn't just give a speech though, not just any speech. He gave a farewell speech, and I watched it right there. I watched the whole thing. And it was very, I have it on my DVR, it was very awkward and, and disturbing. Because I was even watching it with my wife. I'm like, wow, I mean, like, I watched this guy growing up, and this was not him. You know, he got into the character of the Ultimate Warrior, and he came down in his suit, but then he pulled a mask out of his pocket and got into character, and he gave this, this farewell speech. As almost as, and, and you, hopefully it's on YouTube. I'm sure you can watch it. Just watch it. You'll see it was a goodbye speech. He didn't, it wasn't a speech from him. It was a speech that was written for him to read the very next day after giving this goodbye speech. He dies of a, you know, a a, a quote-unquote heart attack. Now, and that's really all I wanted to say about it. I want to let you guys draw your own conclusions. But I will say that historically there have been a number of events similar to that where right after or right before that person, someone has mysteriously died. Case in point, many of you know So So Deaf, led by Jermaine Dupree, was recently celebrated their 20-year anniversary, WWE 30-year anniversary. Right after the 20-year anniversary, that week, in fact, the dark-skinned guy from Criss Cross was mysteriously found dead as well. Now, who knows? Maybe these are all just coincidences, but I would encourage you all to really look up the origins of blood sacrifices, you know, uh, solstice sacrifices, and and look at, um, you know, what what that means, how that is often you know done. This is this is not anything new. So you know, sacrifices have been going on for for decades and centuries. One other thing, just as far as Hollywood is concerned, and also you can help me out with this is a movie comes to mind in regards to sacrifices. What movie has to do with that? Well, you look at The Hunger Games, right? That mm-hmm. revolves around the rich, the powerful, the elite having some form of lottery that basically sacrifices one of their own. Each tribe or whatever you want to call it will put forth a sacrificial lamb to take part in this suicide mission, these suicide games, these hunger games, as some form of tribute. You know, I don't really follow it all like that, but many of you do. I know, you know, it's a, it's a tribute, a sacrifice to, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, and that's just, you know, I believe, and as we've been talking about today, just one form of, of Hollywood enacting what actually goes on in real life. It's not a coincidence that every season, every solstice, all of a sudden you have some major celebrity mysteriously die. I don't think mm-hmm. I need to just go down the list. and na- I mean, just look at the turn of the season. There's always someone who dies. I mean, we're about to, we should be, we're about due for one. Look at Paul Walker, right around the winter solstice. You know, spring solstice is, you know, is upon us. You know, maybe, who knows, Ultimate Warrior just died. I mean, I was at the first day of spring or whatever, right around that week. But I'm just saying, any thoughts on, 
I know you you know you had you know some notes on uh on the Hunger Games and the direction you wanted to go in with that. Um yeah, just uh in, in a part and and even like you said Dayton, um just um the um um, you know, with with that, the solstice and the winter, those are high holidays for witchcraft and, you know, those that practice Satanism. So um, you could very well have those things occur, you know, at that time. Um, and I'm going to go into the Hunger Games. I just want to say real quickly, you know, again, on, you know, for the blood moon, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I don't know what the president's going to say, per se, you know, from my end. But, you know, as the leader of our, you know, of our nation, you know, you know, what is he going to do? You know, so we have to look at that. So, and I'll table that. <laughs> but, you know, the Hunger Games there, when we talk about that, um, interestingly enough to me, in the beginning of that movie, um, they, they were, I think it was the girl, and I'm going to forget her name, but she was in the woods and the boy found her. And it was like a little ship that was flying that, to me, looked like a UFO. It's funny, in movies you will see similar themes of UFOs and pyramids, and there's a whole other connection there, but you'll see that often in a lot of these movies. But anyway, in the Hunger Games, one of the interesting things that was mentioned, there was a new era mentioned. New era is very close, new eros, to new world order. Same thing, new age, new era, same thing, new age religion. And you have that mentioned there. Um, in the Hunger Games, like you mentioned, Dana, you have the elite, you know, the upper class. You know, you know, as a matter of fact, I mean, really watching – the poor kill themselves for sport. Um, this is a very point or to the point movie. Like you said, what happens in real life? What is really going on? You know, government officials, uh, you know, kings, high, rich, wealthy people are doing that. Actually, are watching the quote-unquote middle class, which has been destroyed, and no longer be really a middle class destroy, you know, in a sense, in another sense, themselves. So this is kind of really mirroring off of that, you know, what really is going on, where they have, there's a certain amount of people that have all the money, all the wealth, so to speak, and watch the other people struggle. So you see that in this movie, except for you see them, you know, being killed, sacrificed, like you said, and they tell them that they need to do this to honor, to remember uh, the greats, you know, whoever went before them to honor them. And it's, you know, it's a lie that they're told, and that's the key point. It's a lie, you know, that they're told so that they'll follow along and go along with this. And you have them, you know, killing themselves. And I think the president at that time in that movie mentions um, he's, you know, looking to intimidate the districts. He says, you know, he, he doesn't want to kill them all. He's, he's killed most of them, but he wants to allow some to survive so that they still have some hope. So it's a manipulation, you know, to get these people to be under control and to have nothing and to really be without and be always striving at some point or somehow to get more but never able to get do so because the elite are really in control of what's going on in this society, which is the truth of the matter in our own society. Um, and that's why, you know, that kind of, um, you know, mirrors that that whole situation. Wow. I mean, and that's exactly what happens. I mean, it's 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 like you said, I mean, art is definitely – imitating, you know, reality. Um mm -hmm. and unfortunately, we are being pawns, you know, and all this stuff that we mm -hmm. see playing out right in front of our eyes is um unfortunately part of a, a grand scheme. In fact, I just posted uh in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show a, a link for 37 quotes on the new world order, you know, and you know, if you you click on it, you'll see um quotes from George Bush, you'll see quotes from the Pope. 
You'll see a quote from Obama. You'll see quotes from Joe Biden, all pertaining to, you know, the importance of forging and formulating, uh, you know, a new world order. You know, it's actually amazing, you know, and they're all, you know, tasked, you know, to, you know, come up with, you know, they have to publicly co-sign, you know, um, this this agenda, whether it's through actual quotes, whether it's through these hand signals, whether it's through, you know, their agenda, their platform, and, you know, so... These hopefully tonight, you know, you, you, I mean, we there's a lot that we wanted to share, and I'm sure we're gonna have to come back and um, you know do a part three um, because there's so much more information that we did not uh, get a chance to talk about tonight. But I wanted to just, you know, like I said, continue the conversation um, on on what we see. Also, were there any last you know points that I know you really wanted to? We want to be respectful of you know people's time and you know people you know right. three hours is a lot to listen to, especially with this topic like giving so i didn't want to want to over right. I mean, we could go into a minute but i really don't want to overload people i want to have them you know right. to hear it and to think about it and process it but were there any things that you really wanted to make sure we got out tonight um i just think in the grand scheme of things the event um, and then i know you talked about that show but there at some point there will be an event um it will be clear it will be a disclosure um, and, you know, it's always been set that way so that people would believe in fallen angels, quote, which are aliens, quote-unquote aliens, more than they believe in God. And this has been coming for quite some time, um, you know, so technologically advanced. So we would look to them for some sort of hope or, or something, um, you know, and uh, we just need to be, you know, really, really aware. Um, you know, we, we need to um, build, you need to build a relationship with Christ. Um, I always stick to that, you know, Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you know, that God raised him from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. The only way to be saved from aliens, fallen angels, monsters, new world order, and all is only through Jesus Christ. I promise you, because, uh, you know, physical means are not going to get it. Um, it's only God that's going to be supernaturally provide for you if you allow him to. So as this event moves forward um, and there's an event coming, it is. We need to have our own personal, you know, make sure that we're right um, with the Lord. And I just, you know, I guess pretty much leave it there. Excellent. Oh, so I want to just read you all something. This is what Obama says. Um, he said this a few years ago, actually. He says that we have to shape an international order that can meet the challenges of our generation. Now, I really hope that people don't think that that's just, you know, a fancy way of saying, I mean, it's it's the same as, you know, Bush and the Pope and all these other people publicly co-signing, you know, you know, the event, this new world order, what is to come. And, um, you know, that's what's required. So just wanted to thank everybody for uh, tuning in tonight. Courtney, I know you've been, you know, here listening intently. Any um, thoughts or just reaction to what you heard on this evening? Well, I wanted to thank you both um, just for, Enlightening me as well as the others listening You know, I'm sitting here taking notes And so I'm definitely going to reflect on this show And I look forward, um, you know, to more of these types of um, conversations So, thanks Absolutely, Courtney, good to have you here Uh, Also, why don't you do this, man Why don't you let everybody know where they can keep in contact with you We actually have a little bit of a, 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 actually not a little bit But a big announcement that I wanted to share with you guys on tonight Just regarding Osho and, um, you know, uh, you know his his future involvement with us in the show and, and so on But where can people get in contact with you? Um, people can, can contact me at my email, uh, metaphor.oh 
at gmail.com. Again, that's meta4, that's the number four, meta4.oh at gmail.com. Um, you'll feel free to, you know, email me if you have your know, questions, information, uh, things like that, and I'll definitely uh, seek to get back to you. Right. We want to use this as a, a opportunity to um, Courtney and I to, to formally and publicly welcome Osho to the Tolbert Relationship Counseling Family. Osho now, as you guys know, is an ordained minister. Uh, he's a counselor. Um, he has a, uh, I don't want to misquote, uh, Masters of Divinity and uh, yeah, we'll just say yeah, minister and a master's of divinity. Yeah, and I uh, master's of divinity uh, from uh, Regent University Theology. Yes, master's of uh, of uh, yeah of divinity, master's of arts and divinity. Absolutely, and so Osho is going to come on board with us as a as a counselor. You know, as you guys know, you. Uh, many of you I work with privately. Um, you know to you know, work on a number of different issues, and you know what I bring to the table. You know, you know, I have a certain way of doing things. Obviously, Courtney also brings a certain unique perspective from a female standpoint, and, you know, hopefully you guys have got an opportunity to just get a sense of, you know, Osho and, you know, what he brings to the table, and, and hopefully, you know, I want you guys to reach out to him, and um, we're, the way we're going to do it is you can just email uh, all uh, counseling requests to info, at trctoday.com, whether you want to speak to myself, Courtney Oshel, um, you know, we can set that up anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country. Teleconferencing is available. If you're here in the Philadelphia, Jersey uh, area, we have office hours and office space available for one-on-one -on -one private counseling, couples counseling, marriage counseling. Call 1-855-55-DATON. Or, like I said, info at trctoday.com to, uh, you know, and, and reach out to, uh, you know, myself, Osho, or Courtney for counseling. We're just expanding and looking to save as many souls as possible, break as many chains as possible. Osho, Amen. anything you wanted to Amen. just, you know, say about what, what you hope to accomplish through counseling? Um, I, I just want to say, you know, thanks, first of all. Thanks, guys. Thanks for welcoming me aboard. I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, as far as um, counseling, I, you know, uh, my heart is just, you know, to help people. My heart is that, you know, people would know the Lord, that you know, that chains could be broken, that people can um, achieve their purpose, achieve their purpose and what God's purpose is for them. And that's just truly my hope, um, that they will be completely fulfilled, you know, in God and doing what God has called them to do. And that they, you know, whatever they need to get off of them so that they can do that or move forward, that they'd be able to do that. So that's my, my hope. And sincere hope and prayer. Excellent. Well, Osho, always a pleasure. I talk to Osho just about every day, but hopefully you guys will be hearing more. I know you, you know, hopefully, but you'll definitely be hearing more from Osho in the near future. He's a true man of God. Known him for, what is it, Osho? Is it 20 years yet? Um, maybe it's definitely been it's definitely been a long time. It's definitely been a while. It might might be 20 years. Yeah, I think right. so. Mm -hmm. I see. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, coming up on it, but so yeah, but yeah, definitely yeah. a true man of God. So you know, definitely um, reach you know, reach God. out to him. Uh, check God. out endtimewarrior777.com, and um, I just want to thank you guys all. Seriously, all jokes aside, this you know this is not one of those shows where everyone's gonna oh my God, you got to tune in, you know, because but this is what really matters. Yeah, we'll talk about other subjects, other topics, different things, but this is. You know, above all else, what's most important, what's you know, what matters, 
And, um, you know, that's what we're here for. So thank you guys for listening. We will be back a little bit later on in the week with uh, another live show. In the meantime, check out the archives from um, our past show, which I rebroadcasted last night, part one. This was part two. And I believe, you know, me and Osha will get back in the lab and, you know, come up with a part three for you guys. So yep. thank you guys all, and um, I'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you. God, we'll take the pain away.